Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 43. I forgot it in the 10 seconds it took me to swap between those two tabs. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and so this week, we are going to talk about some of the games we played over the last two weeks and, like, the world's smallest amount of news. And then we're going to do, like, uh, game of the year categories type thing. So yes. we picked our top three and ten categories, which we'll go over when the time is right. Uh, but first, yeah, the news. Nothing happened at all, really. Kage got announced. Yeah, Kage, who is like slightly more evil Ryu. He has horns. And so I saw this, and I like the reaction to him from regular video game people that are not fans of fighting games was so negative that mm. like I didn't get it because they're like, oh, it's another. It's just a clone character for you, but like it's not. Like no. even in the gameplay trailer, he is vastly different. I mean, he looks like Evil Ryu, but like right. even in Street Fighter <clears throat> Four, like Evil Ryu had like so much combo potential and was pretty interesting to watch. Except for that, his combos were like really long, and he seemed a little maybe too good with yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, I think he he just kind of like rendered Ryu pointless, didn't he? Pretty much. Uh, so it was just weird, and I think it's cool. The, the part of that whole thing that I think is interesting is they said they will not be doing a season pass. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that means that they will just introduce characters one at a time and not have a pass, or if there's only going to be like two or three characters. Like the final season of Killer Instinct was kind of like that, yeah. where they just threw out a couple things that were not really... Uh... I'm trying to think. The game came out in 2016. Yeah. Right? And they had announced, like, we're planning on supporting this thing until, like, 2020, didn't they? They did say that originally, but I think that it would be better for them at this point to push the reset button before that. I feel like they kind of did with the arcade edition. Sort of. And I mean, like, they also, when Kage came out, there was a huge balance patch. I haven't seen a lot about it. I still <sighs> see people asking, like, thoughts on characters on Twitter all the time and stuff like that. That feels like it was forever ago, but it was, like, a week and a half, yeah. two weeks ago. So there's, they still haven't fully explored all that stuff, but there was a lot of changes, like, right. completely changed right after Capcom Cup was over, which I think is hilarious. And so I didn't know this, but they totally bungled that announcement of Kage. Oh. He was up at, like, noon that day. Oh. So, like, he was on the character select screen, and people were like, hey, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I guess the balance patch had gone live also at the same time. So the game was completely different, and then, like, what, like, ten, nine hours later, they were like, oh, yeah, who's excited for Kage? And anyone who had booted the game was like, me, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> because I've seen him there since noon. Do you think it was meant to be 12 midnight? Something, and they, and they totally fucked it up. I don't like, know, but like, they, I, I told Willie that, and he's like, oh yeah, he's been in the game all day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so obviously, since it was in the PC version too, people just hacked the files and could play right. as him right away. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I mean, I guess it was a surprise to me, because I never boot up Street Fighter V, right. especially like at a random time like that. So that's awesome. 
totally goofed on that one too yeah which i mean at least that's like a funny oops goop yeah goof. that's like, not like a major major thing so no but i think it's funny because he couldn't even pay for it. like you couldn't pay for him yeah then. he was just on the screen and you're like all right i guess man takes you to a blank playstation store page that's like whoa what are you doing like what the fuck i that that kind of stuff happens all the time uh yeah, my guess would be it was, like, scheduled to come out at this time, and they put the wrong time in. <sighs> yeah, something something went on there. Yeah. But that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, actually, this is another thing loosely adjacent to fighting games that has been happening. They can't do Dragon Ball Z tournaments anymore. I saw it was pulled from... They're getting shut down. And, like, it's not... So, I saw the other day, someone tweeted at Toei, the company that does the animation for that. Mm -hmm. And it is not them doing that. And it's obviously not Namco Bandai. So, there is a separate company that owns the copyright to that stuff. But they should only own the copyrights to showing the anime. Not, like... Yeah, because this is... But no, it's literally, like, being shut down. Like, the tournaments are being shut down, and then they're, like, not even streaming. There's been, like, three or four canceled in the past couple weeks or so. And so, Hmm. that is interesting. But also, Harada, the lead of Tekken, just became the head of some, like, esports division thing. So he will still be leading Tekken, but he will also be in charge of, like, the streaming type operations for all the namco bandai games so Mm. hopefully they get that settled because when you can't stream the game that's when it dies well not just that i mean like whoever's doing this whenever they find out who's doing it it's gonna look it's just making it look so bad yeah because like nintendo when they did that to melee it was rough yes but it's also crazy because at least maybe nintendo they had in their head, business motives to make it make sense because they were. It was around the time that they're trying to put out Smash Four, and so like, sure, maybe people seeing your fucking ten-year-old game that people like better is going to reflect negatively on your new game. But this, like, it blew up in a mainstream way. Like, regular people right. were excited that Dragon Ball Fighters was being played, and it was very popular, and it sold a butt ton of copies. And so it just seems like. Yeah, now you can't stream this anymore. What? Yeah, I'm just trying to think. It'd be like Marvel just being like, yeah, you can't do Marvel versus uh, Capcom. Even just three or just regular ones. Or Warner Brothers doing that about Injustice. But, like, that's owned by the same company. But, like, know. It, it just seems like a massive disconnect at and, this day and age. And so, like, part of it is since they won't be able to stream it anymore, that would mean that they can't get sponsors for those tournaments. Right. Because, like they have to show the ads on stream to like Mm -hmm. otherwise like it doesn't mean anything like why are they even giving them funding if they're not being promoted at all outside of the actual venue where there's not that many people they're like a couple hundred to a Mm -hmm. thousand usually so it just that sucks i I don't know man because i like i kind of enjoy watching that game and i think they're going to put out another season of dlc so it's just strange i i I have to imagine it'll get fixed because it's been like about a month, I think, wow. since they started doing that stuff. And it had been like kind of quiet, but it was weird that those tournaments were getting canceled. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, because like, they, they weren't even having brackets. Like, they weren't even running it at all. I saw like a headline on Reddit saying like it was pulled from Evo. I was just like, 
I clicked into it, then I found out it was Evo Japan, and I was like, "Oh, maybe it's like it's more of like an American thing." I don't. It I, might I, be, which I guess uh, yeah, I guess yeah, it's because of the parent company or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's like terrible for yeah. that game. Uh, I so I, I didn't really look into it too much just because I'm not really following. Yeah. From a competitive standpoint, though, that's very bad for that game. Like that's yeah. how games die, and it will happen because then there's no money in it for the players. There's no anything like you can mm-hmm. can't keep it going. So that sucks. Yeah. Because that game was very popular this past year. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I've always liked or admired about Warner Brothers and specifically, like, NetherRealm. At least, at least they support their games and they have, like, you know, they, they have their $10,000, you know, tournaments and whatever. Well, and, like, that's what's weird about it. Is like, right. Namco Bandai supports the living shit out of Tekken. Yeah, and they're yeah. trying to do, like, a Soul Calibur thing, which won't work out as well because it's not as popular in the tournament scene. But, like, they have three pretty popular games out right now. Which, I mean, the one is Arcs, Arcs, yeah, or whatever. and it's like they wouldn't handicap themselves in that right. way, so you know it's like... Which I would have thought it would have been Toei, because they suck with that kind of stuff. Uh, and it wasn't, so... Hmm. I mean, unless their Twitter account is lying or whatever, but it just seems very strange. Oh. Well, that is something I did not know about. And yeah. It's very shocking that... I mean, even Nintendo knows not to do this. Yeah, now, <laughs> after they goofed them up, but... Get, like it's good for everyone like it is yeah. good i mean i guess in theory they probably want some weird revenue split on the money from streaming but like also they're not getting that much from it they're, so it just and a lot of it, it's money, advertising your cool game like free advertising basically like what? and a lot of that money is going to the players who are competing I, to, yeah, to support them and then it's also supporting the streamers so they can do this for a living or do it at least make it affordable for them to be able to do it mm. I mean, it's not like these guys are making millions of dollars Definitely doing this. Definitely not at all. Especially the streamers, I mean. <laughs> yeah, certainly not. Yeah, they make, like, nothing. So. Yes. That shit sucks. It does. Um, right. And then other than that, the two things I saw, that, did you see anything about this My PS4 Life? Sort of. I guess I didn't really know what it was, but it was, like, an accidental way for people to see how many players are playing each PlayStation 4 game. No, it, it, this is and it's just in it's just in Sony Europe. You just sign up for this and then like you get like it just kind of calculates looks at your history and then it just kind of spits out a video just talking about like your experience with PlayStation. This this was also the thing though. Yes, they it, accidentally yes. leaked the player numbers of every game that exists. Yes, just in Europe. Yeah. So. so I, I kind of wish that would come over to the United States. I Their mean, website has always been better. So yes. like before when websites used to try to scrape trophy data, mm-hmm. they could only scrape it from Sony Europe site because it was like, it's just a better site overall. Mm-hmm. Like you can still log into it with your US account and I, it will still scrape that data. I mm-hmm. mean, maybe not this, but it like their not. regular site you can at least. It did not. It was just like, hey, this is not available. Interesting. Which it just kind of like tells you, I think you're like top three most played games, the first game you ever played with that account. Sometimes it was within like the last year or so, they were sending out emails to people that had that information, but I never get emails from I, Sony. People talk about that. Yeah, yeah they like I get never... discount codes and shit. I'm mm-hmm. not ever once and i go in and i'm like i have the promotions clicked i have like all the and like the they emails. send me an email every time i purchase something yes. so it's not like i'm not receiving the emails right so it's very strange but yeah, yeah i never yeah. get those ever yeah and because apparently they do that kind of like hey this is like your this is what you did during the year and yeah to some people but 
I don't get Because that. they also sent out emails to everyone who platinum Spider-Man. Right. And I did not receive one, and mm-hmm. I platinum Spider-Man, so I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, that's that's very odd. Yeah. Um, is the Xbox Year in Review thing very similar? It is. You just it just kind of shows. Unfortunately, it only goes up to October, but you just you just go to the website, and then it just kind of looks at all the data, tells you how many hours you played total. Nice. I like that. Um, I love to see that. Yes. Uh, it tells you the most like your most played game. You think you're next to then most played games, and then it just kind of like shows some like rare trophies or achievements. That yeah. You yeah. Got. So it kind of sucks that it only goes to the end of October. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like just a strange cutoff. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. They also definitely have access to all that data because yeah. the Xbox itself tracks a lot of that stuff. The X pretty right. well now. Yes. So. so like it said, I played for four hundred eighty-seven hours total. Okay. PUBG was my most played game. Really, I would not have expected it to be that. I don't think it is now. Okay. Because at the end of October, I was in the middle of playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oh, okay. It said I played fifty hours of PUBG, and I know I played almost sixty of Assassin's Creed, and then also I have been playing in and out of uh, Forza Forza Horizon as yeah. well in the last two months. So mm-hmm. like, first off, four eighty seven. I know it's a lot more than that. <laughs> so I know I played over five hundred hours on just my Xbox alone. Yeah. And but I mean playing over 50 hours of PUBG was kind of shocking to me. Yeah, I remember year. you were playing it pretty often. I was, yes, so. early on in the year, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing that kind of made me laugh is it it kind of breaks down by genre. So it was 487 hours total and over 200 of them was playing shooters. Interesting. <laughs> so I I played a lot of shooters this year apparently. Yeah. Or at least on my Xbox I did, so. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, yeah, that's really all the news. There's not much. I guess the... All I will say is I guess I wish the other companies did that. I mean, like, more information like that, that's just kind of fun. Well, it's stupid because the 3DS literally just has that as an app. Right. And then on the Wii U, they, like, cut it back a weird amount. And then now on the Switch, they, like, just don't have that. Like, it'll show how long you've played roughly after you've a week of time has passed. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's just like on my 3DS, I can go look. It will show me the average time I have played a game. It will show me the top ten, like how much hours I've played each game. There's so much information. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to... I don't know if I still have signed into this, but I have like the the parental controls, and then that kind of really breaks down a lot of... like. How many hours you played per game per yeah, day or whatever? Yeah, it's just weird. But the 3DS has all that yeah. information and it works so well. I don't know why they wouldn't translate that over. Which you can go into the Switch menu and see how many like what's your most played game. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Where PlayStation doesn't have any of that information. No. It's probably better if I don't know how long I've played PS4 this year, because it would be a shocking number. Do you think over 500? Way over 500. See, like, I think it would probably be about the same for me. I which... played Monster Hunter alone for 250 hours. Holy shit. <laughs> That's not counting the, like, 25 other games I beat on PS4 right. this year. So, uh, who boy. Yeah, I mean, I would guess that, like, I would guess probably 1,200 between my Xbox and PlayStation, and that's not even counting the the PlayStation or the Nintendo Switch this year. No. We play too many video games, I play a lot of video games, (laughs) so it's not going, yeah. What would you say is 
probably your top three most played games this year. Monster Monster. Hunter, DJ Max Respect, and Smash, I guess? I've played a lot of Smash. Like, I am at like 80 or 90 hours now, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, Yeah. Well, my most played is, if you count it, the Tabletop Simulator. Mm. I've played a shocking amount this year. Steam is good at showing you that stuff. Yes. But the thing that I have with Steam is... Even if you're idling, like, on some menu or something, it will still count mm. that. So, like, it says I've played Final Fantasy fourteen for some absurd amount of hours, but that counts the time that the patcher was open oh. for me to download it, and I had to leave it on, like, overnight once because of downloading, like, 200 gigs of data. Yeah, that's strange. So it's, like, any time the game is technically launched, it counts that, so, like, that data mm. is weird. Right. Um, even if it's, like, minimized and not the focal point of the screen, it still right. counts it. Which, I mean, there's it's hard to, like, know. It would be, yeah, that. especially in Steam, it would be hard. Right, because it's just tracking, you started it here, and then just tracking how yeah. how often, how long the, the application was open, most likely, yeah. so. But, yeah, I played a lot this year. Yes. Um, and the other thing that could happen is that Persona 5 Special Edition might be announced this Sunday. Um a couple years ago, Atlas registered a bunch of websites, and they do it all the time. They did it for Persona 4 as well, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, basically domains that they might use as names for future spinoffs and things like that, and then when they finally change them, like, if you go there, it just says, like, oh, this domain is registered. There's nothing here. haha. But three of them were changed the other day to be, like, uh you can't come to this website because it's like actually being worked on and like Mm -hmm. has something on it. Uh, And so that's happening. And they, there is a special persona five anime thing happening on Sunday. And they're also announcing their yearly concert time. Mm -hmm. And so last year they announced persona Q2 at that same event. So they will probably announce something related to persona five, mainly because the website is called persona five R. Mm-hmm. And the two other ones also are Persona 5 something. So I find it to be interesting because they just announced Joker and Persona 5. Right. They just put out a video of Sakurai visiting Atlas HQ like two days ago where he hugs Morgana. <laughs> and then he talks about how he thinks Persona 5 is like the best thing ever and how he only didn't max two social links by the end. Hmm. It's well. a very cute video. Um, yeah, but he hugs the mascot. It's really weird. Uh, so I think that that is happening. And I bet you anything that it will be on Switch, but we will find out on Sunday. Or at least there will be some really, really vague teaser. So you think this is going to be an announcement that Persona 5 is coming to the Switch and that's and then it's going to have like a special... Switch? It will be like Persona 4 Golden was, I bet, where it is like the updated cool version with way more content. Okay. Will you get it again? And I will it? buy it again. Well. I will do it on the Switch this time. Because that is like my ideal dream scenario. Mm-hmm. And I see Persona 4 was pretty good in the beginning, but then with Golden, it just made it better. There were not very many things where I thought to myself, like, oh, like they could change this in an update. Persona 5 has so many. Mm. Like, Morgana won't tell you to go to bed every fucking day, so you can't do anything at night. There, there's just a lot of stuff that they could change and make it better. And I also think that they would change the ending for various reasons. Uh,. And they also had a bunch of weird cut content from Persona 5 that, like, a couple of the social link characters were definitely originally meant to join your party, and mm-hmm. they just, like, left that out. 
So maybe they would add some of that back in. I don't know, but I'm very excited. Even if it's just the same game, I'll probably play it again if it comes to Switch. <laughs> and I think that it, even at the at the very least, I bet you that it will just come to Switch, even if it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I look forward to that. Yeah. And so then we have been playing some games. Yeah, not too many. I, no. I, I don't know about you, but I've been kind of feeling burnout this week a little bit. And yeah, just kind of really taking play, a break. I didn't really play that much this week. Yeah. Uh, but we together have been playing Detroit Become Human. We have. I am very close to becoming human now. I, it's weird. We've probably played almost the entire game except yeah, the last chapter. Yeah, I think chapter. we're on like the final chapter now. And I don't really have much of an opinion on the game. Do you? No, it's so weird. Because especially for like... All, up until almost exactly where we are, it seemed like a random string of occurrences right. that were loosely related, but had to do with androids. And it just, like, it is weird, and I see where it is leading, and boy, it is something else, like, with yes. the... It's like... Excuse me. It is like David Cage is trying to solve racism, except for that he didn't know what racism was originally. He's... Or forgets that actual racism exists. Yes, I mean, it's like when I was putting up those signs or whatever you want to call them, and it said two races, one human, one android, and it's like, um... (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, I... Because that doesn't take place that far in the future. It's like 2038. Yes. So 20 so years. Like, and I don't think racism is going to go away in 20 years. No. I would like that. But I don't think that that will happen. God. Uh, and boy, some of the scenes, like the peaceful protest marches and stuff. Androids have to ride in the back of the bus. And except sometimes they don't. Yeah, I don't know, man. And also, I was thinking about this. If humans are that worried about the androids, uh, like, taking over and stuff, why would you ever make it so that the only way you can tell that they're an android is that LED light on their head, and mm. when they can rip it off and then skin just grows over it? That seems like it would be a very large design flaw if you're worried about them, like, not being able to tell the difference. Yeah... Which I, I'm still kind of wondering about the skin. Like, does it just feel like skin? Because they talk about how it's plastic, but then, yeah, they might as well be humans because they apparently have sex with the robots in some scenarios. Yeah. It's... I, It's so weird. And it's... What I think is strange about it is it looks very good graphically because yes. all of his games do. They basically just, like, pour a sweet money fountain on top of it until it looks good. But it's not even, like, a groundbreaking topic. Like, it is the most... So many science fiction movies have done this forever. Like, so fucking Blade Runner is. Right. Is literally this, except more nuanced. You know what I mean? I keep thinking of, like, iRobot. Even iRobot. Had a better story than this. It definitely did have a better plot. And iRobot was not, like, the best movie ever made. No. But there are... Yeah, like, there are so many other things. So it's weird because you can tell that the game thinks that it, like... It's like, we're, we've got something to say here. And, like, it's something that probably hasn't been said before. But it has right. many times. It's it's so strange. Yeah, and every story beat just feels like the most cliche, stereotypical. Very much every time. And it is still kind of cool in the David Cage game way or the Quantic Dream way where, like, 
things could play out differently or you could lose your characters. Mm-hmm. But I just... I, see, I don't know if that's true because we lost that one... Well, I guess he that was scripted to come back. No, because we lost Connor and then he was just like, oh, we made a new, another one that was the exact same. So like Heavy Rain, they definitely do die and then you mm-hmm. just don't play as them and it plays out much differently. I guess, yeah, I don't know if that would be the case here. Because he died and there was no issue. I don't... I'm trying to think. Like, I don't think there's a scenario... Well, yeah, I don't think there's a scenario where um, the the woman can die. The lady... I think she could have. Where? In the weird murder house. No, because he just kind of recite your memory and then you break out. I guess, but I think that if you, like, failed the chase sequence later on, that she would have died. Do you think that would have just been a reset? No, I think they would have just like had her not be there. Her mm. story seems like it matters the least. I was gonna say, yeah, like, although it kind of makes you wonder what would happen to the little girl, but whatever, I guess. I, yeah, it's just like it, it's so strange, and I don't like. Are they gonna let him make another one of these, or are they gonna reset, like, have a different lead guy? I guess it depends on how well it's because sounds. David Cage seems like a real not great person. Uh, and I think Sony owns Quantic Dream, so they could easily be like, hey man, nah. As long as it sells well, I... It it probably sold well, but I also assume that his games have a very high being bought used percentage. Right. Because they're not very long, and they have, like, very little replay value. I mean, like, you could see the other scenes and stuff, but you could also just watch it on YouTube. I don't even want to do that. I don't either. Well, this one especially, I don't care. Like, at least in Heavy Rain, I was like, what the fuck would the other scenario have been? Mm. And also, I didn't know, and it explains a lot of the gaping problems I had with Heavy Rain. I did not know that originally the villain was supposed to be psychic and have psychic powers, and they cut that at the last second. And it literally explains every plot (laughs) hole I had with the game. (laughs) So I found this out the other day, and that's insane. Because now I kind of want to go back and watch that and be like, oh man, this would make sense. Mm. I would not have noticed any of this happening because you're bad writing. Boy, I never played Beyond Two Souls. I kind of want to. I like Ellen Page. I don't think she likes him. No. I I wouldn't like someone who hid nude renders of me on the disc either. Oh, is that what he did? Yeah, they were on there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, shit is weird, man. Hmm. And his whole thing with the like journalists this year was like trying to sue the journalists because they told the truth and had sources. Oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> it was like I'm suing you for the truth. Gotcha. Mm. And I guess I don't know what media laws are like in France, but uh, I don't think that they won that case. Mm, I I don't think so. <laughs> so. You didn't hear about it much anymore. No, you did not. So they probably settled, but this is crazy. I just like everything around it is so weird and I I don't like the fact that there are a few people that you associate like their name with video games and like other than David Cage, like one of the ones I think of is Hideo Kojima. Ed Boon. Ed Boon, yeah. And it's just, like, they're not shitty people. Like, they no, are I out mean, in front of their games, and they're very positive about it. And like, I really like Ed Boon. Yeah, I mean, I mean Kojima, seems... there's, like, a language barrier, so it's slightly different. But, yeah, David Cage just seems not great at all no. in any way. 
He seems like a guy who has his head far up his ass. Very far up his own ass, yeah. And they just keep trying to make these games that are, like, Mm -hmm. have some grand statement about life and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they fall so flat. Right. And, like, it's a dumb, fun thing to make fun of together with a friend, which is how I also played Heavy Rain. Like, it is cool in that way, but... I, they're not like cinematic masterpieces or some shit. Like they are, they're not breaking any new ground as shown by this with like the world's most tread on fucking sci-fi trope of all time. Yeah. Like do androids have feelings? Like, yeah, dog. We've all had this convo. Like we've been fucking welcome to the last 40 years. Yeah. Which all I will have to say is when I bought this, I texted you and I said, "Don't worry about what we're playing next." I think and I should apologize. I think I should apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I don't. Did you have any thoughts? I about? had no idea what it could possibly be, and then I saw it and I was like, "I get it now. <laughs> I understand why you said that." It's like it's fine. That's it. It is fine, but it just like it is so weird and up its own ass in so many different ways. The problem is when you're playing a narrative-driven game. If you do not get the the players invested in the story, then it's a failure. I am not there. No. I have no investment. No. I mean, Connor, I like playing as Connor. Yes. Because I just enjoy the mystery of just, like, solving whatever crimes. crimes yeah. Um, then there's... What's her name? Alice? And what's the... Cora? Cara, Cara is her name. Yes. And the only investment I have in that is I would like for the child to not die. Yes. And so I don't think that the child will die because of the way most video games are. And then the story arc of... What's his name? The other one. The third one. The third android. Do you remember? Marcus. Marcus. I don't even understand his story arc. No. I mean, like he's just like weird android Jesus and I don't get... They don't even explain his whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, we're... Without getting into spoilers, there's there's this, like, whole weird thing where he can... I I don't want to get into it, I guess. (laughs) So, yeah, Detroit is not great. Yes. Uh, But I did play Celeste, which is great. Mm -hmm. It took me, like, six, seven hours to beat. It is a very hard platformer, and it deals with mental health issues and things like that. And it's just good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Each world, so there's like eight worlds, and they each have some weird, new, interesting mechanic that they introduce. Some of them I like better than others. Uh, I, can't, I can't even really describe some of them. Like, you dash through these weird, starry areas. Now, a couple interesting game mechanics I know is, like, her hair changes color depending on the health. Correct? No, sort of. It's how many dashes you have. Oh, so that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's just a cool way to visually it is, tell yeah. you. She dies in a hit from anything. Okay. And then also, um, her name's Celeste. Is that the? No, her name is Madeline. Okay. There's Madeline, and then like the whole game, like the dark. Her like her dark self is chasing her. Correct? Yeah, because the mountain Celeste Mountain is magical, and and it's like it's very like um, I don't. What I can't think of the term right now where it it's all kind of 
metaphoric. Yeah, for the, sure. The, the mountain's metaphoric for, like, climbing the mountain. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. As you're getting chased, like, to... As your darkness is chasing you, you're... Yep. And then, obviously, like, it's not really even a spoiler, because this is what the whole game is. Like, right. you have to come to terms with the other part of yourself and break through it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty well done. I didn't know that there was as much, like, dialogue plot in it. Um, and it's all very well done. Right. Um, and it's not... Like, it's pretty lighthearted. And, I mean, even though it's about, like, a serious issue mental health it's still cool and fun mm-hmm. and like you meet this weird dude theo who's all about posting on fake instagram and he takes selfies with you mm-hmm. and he's a weird hipster man but he's pretty cool is it in the similar vein to like night in the woods at least no it's much totally. more serious than that and a lot it's just strange he is just weird and he's kind of mm-hmm. like that but she, madeline the main character is more Serious and grounded, I guess. And oh. you, like, interact with, like, a dude who I assume is a ghost. I, some of it's just mm-hmm. really strange, and you overcome all this stuff. Uh, and you figure out, like, th- what the issue was with the people that you meet as well. And then they come to terms with that at the end as well. It's all very interesting. Mm-hmm. And so you can, there's just so much to it. You can collect these strawberries, but they don't matter, and they tell you that. But people who are crazy will try to collect them all anyways. Eventually they got too hard and I just didn't even go for them, especially since I knew they didn't do anything. You also collect these tapes called B-sides, and Mm -hmm. they are just way harder versions of the levels. I only beat one, and it took me way longer than it was to beat any of the singular levels. But you can do all those. Uh, Beating those gets you a crystal heart, which is another different collectible. There are crystal hearts in each regular one. And to unlock the final... Mm -hmm. Uh, like actual chapter you have to have four crystal hearts total so i did that and then that was that ending was kind of weird because it was just a little bit more but it didn't really resolve anything uh so i don't know yeah so but it's a very good platformer yeah it's a very good platformer and i enjoy Mm -hmm. i enjoyed it very much it doesn't take that long um they are gonna make another game i guess it sold like five hundred thousand copies this year which is really good for an indie game like that which um, it came out at a good time in January. Yeah, it was like January, pretty early in the year. So, yeah. And then it reviewed really well. And, it did, yeah. And, I, and it won, I think, like, it was in the best games of the it year. It was. It was the Games for Change thing that yes, it won. Yes. I think. Games for Impact or yeah, whatever they call like it. something like that. They are. Uh, doing one final dlc thing that for free in like next month that mm. is uh like they're just harder levels and then they said they're also going to announce what their next game is soon so mm. that's cool yeah i hope they keep doing stuff yeah that's cool yeah and so you've been playing nhl 19 huh yes i i told you i'd pick it up you did. right around christmas got it for 25 dollars, which it comes out in september and by december in three months I can get it for less than half. So why wouldn't I do that every year? Um, so I, I, the first thing I did is I started the Hockey Ultimate Team. Because I just kind of like, I enjoy opening up all those card packs and just seeing what players I get. And I played a mode of that because all I heard was they completely revamped the skating. Which I've always kind of hated with these the new generation ever since pretty much nhl 14 i've hated the skating mm-hmm. 
it didn't feel that much better. It just still feels too slow. I mean, hockey is such a fast-paced sport. And it, it is, yeah. And it's it's not reflected well in video games, so it just felt slow. And I always get bored halfway through the game, and then it's just like I don't even care. So I, I kind of slogged my through, way through that, and I was like, okay, I'll just kind of dick around with some of these other modes. So then I went into the world of Chell. Which, Sorry? <laughs> Chell is the nickname for NHL. Okay. Because N-H-L. Okay. Chell. Okay. Yes, that's that's apparently what people call NHL. Is it? Yes. Well, I've never heard that before, mm-hmm. but I'm also not very well versed in the world of Chell. So the world of Chell is you have like your character and you can... So it's just your character and then you go online and you can compete okay, with yeah. either teams or by yourself or... It's either like as a team of five versus five or six versus six with the goalies. Uh, you can do three versus three. Or there's this new mode that I got really into that is called ones. Okay. Uh, you're familiar with uh, like a hockey rink. There's like the offensive zone, the neutral zone, and the defensive zone. Mm-hmm. So this is just like an offensive zone, and the rest of it is all like kind of like boarded off. Okay. And it's three people. And they're all on a different team or whatever you want to call it. And then there's just a goal. Okay. The The goal is like an AI goalie. And you're just skating around that trying to grab the puck and score. Okay. And it is extremely arcadey and a lot of fun to do. It's Each match only takes about three minutes. So it's like a great thing to just kind of hop into. So... It, it just kind of gets chaotic because there's no penalties. So you can just kind of skate up and just check whoever check somebody even if they don't have the puck but if you do that then the person who has the puck can just go straight to the net so a lot of times it ends up being like one versus two and then when it's the puck is neutral then everyone's just like this it's just like this clusterfuck of chaos but (laughs) i i enjoy uh there is uh the fun one interesting mechanic is at the end of the three minutes if the game is tied it goes into overtime so like let's say player one has two goals player two has two goals player three has one goal uh-huh. uh first one to three wins so player one can still win the game but he has to score two goals where the only the other two only have to score one and they can end the game so there was one scenario where Player one had two goals, and then the like myself and another guy had one goal. Mm-hmm. There was only about 15 seconds left. So then what I did is I just went after the guy with two goals, and I just crushed him, basically giving the other guy a free chance because I one of us has to tie it up mm-hmm. to send it into overtime. So then I gave him the, the chance. He scores, goes into overtime, and then I was able to somehow score like two goals in 10 seconds and win the game. Nice. So, I mean, there is kind of a little element of strategy. Strategy to it. But it is also just kind of the progression system is very simple, at least with like the tiers. There's four tiers. There's just four, three, two, one. One is being the like the best players. All you do have to, all you have to do to advance to the next round is win two games in a row. Okay. So you can get to tier one in like eight games, okay. but if you lose two games in a row, you get knocked you got back. knocked down. Okay. So, I you're really kind of moving around playing against different you know tiers of players and so yeah, 
And as you're just kind of playing, you're also just gaining experience. And then that experience, you just kind of open up hockey bags, which are just kind of like um, loot boxes or whatever you want to call okay. it. But, you know, like it, I I didn't see anywhere you can buy loot boxes. You just kind of like unlock it. And then it just ends up being cosmetics where you can unlock jerseys or hoodies or okay. sweaters. or So naturally everyone has like these bright pink hoodies. hoodies. On. Yes. Of course they do. Yes. That's how it happens. So that's that, kind of cool, yeah. I guess. It, it's for me, like I'm, I'm past the whole like very serious NHL stuff. Last year, I got really into the to the threes. So that's just basically like a full hockey rink, but it's three versus three. So there's four or less people on the ice, which just means that there's a lot more open space. Yeah, and, and that just kind of ended up being more fun because there's just a lot more breakaways and just. A lot more scoring and stuff. That is cool. I like yes. more arcadey hockey. Yes. Like NHL hits 2002 was my last foray into mm-hmm. the NHL world. So yes, my only complaint is the NHL ones. I think you would enjoy like if that, but it's only online. You can't play that offline. Oh, you can't play it offline. Okay, because like that would be something I would bring over and we could play. Just like dick around with, or even mess around with. that would be perfect for extra life. Yeah, just for like yeah. an hour of just dicking around. Three people just yeah. checking each other. <laughs> it, it's not very serious. Yeah, it, yeah, it's very quick. It'd be fun, but of course they have to for whatever reason. I don't even. I, mean, I, don't I actually know. have NHL hits two thousand two. Now I totally forgot. Hmm. Kelvin gave me all of his PS two games. Oh really? So I have. So we could play that. <laughs> fucking check them through the glass and the, oh, no penalties. <laughs> I did see a GIF online because like like the the boards. There's not really like the glass. Somebody got knocked out of the rink, but then they couldn't get back in. So then for the rest of the game, they just had to like stand there and watch <laughs> other people play. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's fun. I'm having fun. I don't want to play the, the very serious stuff anymore. But I'll probably dick around with the franchise mode some. It sounds like they did rework the scouting and the drafting and stuff with that. But... Okay. For now, the I do recommend playing the, the, the ones or whatever it's called. Yeah. Man, the Chell, huh? The, the world of Chell. The world of Chell. <laughs> I can't believe that's a thing. I, I guess it makes sense. It's shorter it does, than saying yeah. NHL, so you just say Chell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's what we've been playing mainly. I, actually, that's not true. I've been playing a game called Heartbeat. I don't have a lot to say about it. You've it's also fun. been playing Kingdom Hearts. That's <laughs> yep. Uh, Heartbeat is weird. It's like yeah. an indie game that is like sort of like Pokemon, but like not really. These weird creatures called Mogwai, which mm. is like an actual like mythology thing. I don't remember what mythology it is. People are their conjurers, and then they form packs with them and. It's whatever. It's just like a weird Pokemon game that is an indie game that came out this past month. And I've played like four or five hours of it. And I don't have positive emotions or negative emotions. Mm -hmm. It is like, okay. So maybe next time I will have anything to say about it at all. It looks cool. Mm -hmm. It's like good sprite work. But with that, we will move on to part two, which is our uh, end of the year awards. We will still do... uh, our regular top 10 list in a couple days new year's eve here uh 
And so this will this part will probably take a bit. Um, I I would say like two hour and a half, two hours. Yes, probably. Uh, Which we have what ten categories. We have ten categories, and so we did three in each. Uh, the best of three in each. Yep. Do you want to kind of just say what the ten categories? Yeah. So are the now? the ten categories. Uh, we tried to save the ones that are more spoiler heavy for the end. Right. And so if we are about to like a really spoil a game, we will definitely say that uh, because I know this is the kind of season where. Maybe people did not get to play a game or they got it for Christmas or something. So they will, uh, you know, they'll be yeah. playing it. And uh, let me tell you, I will be spoiling Dragon Quest Eleven because I don't think I could talk about that without spoiling it. Well, I mean, there's a specific, especially the last one, it's impossible not to spoil Yeah, because it's the best. Yeah, so, okay, so we'll, so we'll, we'll go, get into it. Uh, we'll do best old game, which is just a game that came out in any year other Previous. than 2018 that we played this year. Which includes, like, remakes and... Yeah, remakes and stuff like that, which my number one is a remake. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not even a remake. It's a re-release, whatever. Right, a re-release, uh, remake. There were a yeah. lot of remasters, just like Spyro and stuff yes. like that this year, though. Uh, best music... Uh, best looking, which just includes that. So then it's not just like best technically impressive graphics. Like also if Detroit. it's like really artsy and stuff like that. Yes. Like Octopath Traveler. It, it encourages really artistic. Like yeah. what best art is another the way I kind of looked at this category personally. Yeah, and I I do think that Detroit does look very good. Yes, but like but I, I yeah, it's not it's, in my list. No, mine either. Uh, best feel. I wanted to put this in here because we have because Dead Cells. <laughs> Well, no, because like we have like graphics, we have music, we have story, we have yeah, characters. But sometimes the control is. Well, I wanted one for just gameplay. Gameplay feel, yeah. So like this is like the best feeling, and it doesn't like a strategy game can feel good if everything kind of goes yeah, yeah. to plan. I agree with that. So like it, it is, it's a very broad. It's just kind of like honor. It's the best, the best gameplay of the year for like best feeling yeah, yeah. gameplay. Uh, we have what best multiplayer? Yes, which. I don't know. That's pretty self-explanatory. Yes, yes. The one we had the most fun playing multiplayer or whatever this year. Biggest disappointment. Yeah. Um, this is my favorite category. Yes. I'm very excited. Uh, best surprise. So, mm-hmm. like, the inverse, just the exact opposite of that. Something that just kind of, like, was a pleasant surprise for, you know, And I, I also, I don't even think that it's necessarily, like, we just didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. In my case, I had things that I thought that I would not enjoy that I did kind of enjoy or like thought was way better than I, mm-hmm. I had very low expectations and it blew them away or whatever. Yeah. So. For, uh, for me, like at the beginning of last year, I kind of made like a top 10, like predicted top 10 list of what I thought my top 10 would be. Yeah. Like I picked games that weren't even on my list. So yeah, like yeah. games that I didn't <laughs> expect I would like type yeah. of thing. Um, best character as i alluded to uh best story so just like the best narrative and then the last one is best moment or sequence uh that is one that best story and best moment of sequence are going to be very spoiler heavy so uh just kind of forewarned sorry scott just texted me something that was really good okay he said he said, hey, I know we were supposed to do something later, but I got my tooth pulled today, and they put me on a lot of Vicodin, so I can't drive. Also, I'm kind of passing out. <laughs> Top notch. All right. Yes. <laughs> oh. So do you want to start? I will. Okay. So do you want to go back and forth, or do you just want to do three from each? Like, right? How about How about we do you do three, I do three. But, like, let's say you... The first first one here is Firewatch for me. 
if like okay is firewatch third for you so no. okay well like if you say firewatch and it's on my list why don't we just talk about it then okay and then we can and then like it, when it eventually gets to me so let's say firewatch is number one or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. i'll just mention firewatch was number one and, and we'll move on okay. we don't have to have yeah yeah that's well, conversation twice yes. i get what you mean i guess so let's just have one conversation right. with it so and call it. for uh so we'll go three two one um three for me was overcooked the original, I mean, I guess you could kind of include two in that because we played them both this year, but then that's not old. No, that, that came out this yeah, year. Yeah, it came Overcooked out this year. But we played too. Overcooked, Yumi and Nukio. It was like right around this time, like in January. It I was, was early say, January. Was... I know you bought it over Christmas, but yes. then like we didn't play it till January 1st or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just fun. I don't know. It's yeah. like a weird Diner Dash esque game, which I think is kind of diner dash is kind of fun in general but then when you have the like weird co-op experience of multiple people playing it mm-hmm. and it can get kind of frustrating and manic and you're like i don't what the fuck's right. happening anymore like that's fun yes and i think they do a good job and like obviously overcooked 2 came out this year so they did some more with that mm-hmm. but i actually think i appreciate overcooked 2 more because we played overcooked one this year because right. it was like it wasn't like oh, I totally forgot what the original was like, mm-hmm. so you know what the actual improvements are. But it still yeah. is very cool, uh, and it was like for a debut from that studio, it was like super awesome. Yeah, I I I always think about what Jeff Gerstmann said about the game, how it's like somebody took a Mario Party game and blew it up into a real game. Which That's kind of it, true. It's true. It's kind of true. He has a negative connotation yeah, towards it. Yeah, I like I, Overcooked. Yes, we both like it. Yeah. I agree with what he has to say, but like, except for but the in, negative But you're part. putting a positive yes, spin on yes. it. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, there's not a lot to say about Overcooked. No, it's, it's just a fun multiplayer game. It's a it's, co-op. It, yes. It's specifically co-op. There, there's like a competition There is element, a multiplayer. Yeah, I don't know about we that. We didn't engage yeah. with that. I it, it's fun, just it's fun, frantic. It, it's yeah, fun and it, frantic. It's, yes. When my uh, my sister's husband asked me, like, because he just got a switch, that was one of the games I recommended. Get yeah. Overcooked or Overcooked Two. I said, get Overcooked One. It's basically the same thing. You can probably get it for yeah, cheaper. cheaper yeah. And that would just be something fun that they could sit on the couch and play, like you know, for an hour. And yeah, yeah, and that would also probably actually work okay with Joy Cons. It would work. Have any other controllers? It, and I mean, they're not super heavy into video games like and it, it's not a it's not a particularly so you're they don't each have a pro controller team? no oh, no bummer. it's not a de- it's not a demanding game no not really yeah the, the hard part is just like communication communication because yeah there will be points where like you each have an idea in your head of what mm-hmm. you are doing except that you didn't vocalize that and no yeah. one knows what the fuck anyone else is doing mm-hmm. so then you have a scenario where like all three of you are just like whoa wait what's happening and yes. then you realize oh, i've been preparing the totally wrong thing for what we actually need because i thought in my head this would work better not overcooked uh, one but i i keep thinking of overcooked two when they had like the pancakes and the cake and it was the same ingredients yeah it was it, just different how you cooked it one you grilled one you baked <laughs> you would have it already and then you would accidentally bake it, it and yeah. then you'd be like oh no that was supposed to be pancakes <laughs> they <laughs> look so similar in the fucking icons yeah. man uh, yeah that happened a lot more than i'd like many, to admit too many times yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I felt good when it happened to Nukio because he didn't yeah. play the whole thing with us. Yeah. So, oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Overcooked. Yeah, I liked Overcooked. Yes. And then so two, I had is Firewatch. 
Okay. Yes. Um, we played through that together. Uh, we did our friend Gary. Well, I did our friend Gary's top ten list, and right. that was one of the ones on there. And he said he really liked it, and he seemed to like the kind of same narrative-based games that I do. And I bought Firewatch the day it came out because mm-hmm. I like all the people that work at Campo Santo. I love like Idle Thumbs is a great podcast. Uh, Chris Remo is a cool dude. Uh, and so like I bought it, and then I saw a bunch of people say that the PS4 port was like kind of not the best. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of frame rate issues. And so I was waiting for them to patch it, and then they did. And then when I was going to play it then, they were like, oh, but we're going to put out a PS4 Pro patch, so it'll be even mm. better. And I was like, oh, well, then I'll just wait. And then I just never played it. Uh, so it was good because we were looking for things to play through. Right. And it was just good. Like, it is a good narrative experience. Um, I One thing that this game I don't think got enough credit for was... And I think just in games in general... Making conversations feel real and natural. Yeah, like they just feel very natural. Yes. And it's just the main character talking to Delilah, the, the his boss right. technically over a walkie-talkie. And it's still like you learn so much, like so yes. much is conveyed through that basic conversation. And that's the entire game. And that's game. like what the whole game is. Yeah, like you were walking around in mm-hmm. the what is it? The mountains of Seattle, I think it is. He was from Seattle, or is he it... was from Boulder, Colorado. But yeah, I think that's he is right. in the yeah, mountains of Seattle. Seattle. Yes, and so like it's just you walking around, but there's not much to that. Right, it's just like sometimes you occasionally have to like glance at a compass and a map, but the the main crux of the whole thing is the relationship that he has right. with Delilah and the their conversations. Yes, and and it's done extremely well. Uh, it's. And and that's something that can break on two different ends. I mean, you can have where it's just poor writing, mm-hmm. or just the voice actors didn't pull it off. Yeah. And I, I I mean the voice actors did an amazing job. Which I mean the the guy, he's you know he's a fairly famous actor. I guess. I mean he yeah, does like he he's the TV shows. He and did uh, Mad, Mad Men. Men yeah. And he's been in other things as well. And then the the woman. Henry. I, I couldn't Henry, think of his name for a second. Henry, Henry and Delilah. The, yeah. Delilah. She's been in a lot of video games but it seemed like she did a lot of like background smaller Mm -hmm. work and this was one of like the she she finally got like a bigger role and she did an amazing job as well Uh so yeah i mean that that entire game is just listening to two people have a conversation basically yeah so if you don't like narrative based games Mm -hmm. or you don't like story that is conveyed in that way not for you at all. Right. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing that you probably wouldn't even look at if you weren't into that kind of thing. Right. So it's... And, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. No, and it looks so fucking good. Like, mm-hmm. the art... Oh, man. The one thing I'm kind of wondering is, just like a month ago, the Switch port got released. Oh, really? I wonder if I... I that's what I was wondering. I played another Unity port game on the Switch this year that did run like hot trash. That's what I was wondering. I was so, like... So... My thought was, it didn't run poorly, on but it... PS4 Pro? Yes. No, it did not. So, uh... It, it didn't run great. No, it... So the Switch version, I yeah maybe kinda maybe look up some Digital Foundry thing yeah. about it, or I'm sure there's a video. Oh, I'm sure. Because yes, yeah. And then my so my number one, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. <laughs> That's what's up. This game did come out this year, but Hyrule Warriors did not. Mm-hmm. And you know who basically hundred percent at Hyrule Warriors when it came out on Wii U? 
me mm-hmm. because I like Dynasty Warriors because I'm a bad person. And this, <laughs> I like Zelda as well, but that doesn't even matter at this point. Dyn- I like playing Dynasty Warriors games, and there is like a lot of content in Hyrule Warriors. This definitive edition, though, adds all of the stuff that they added to the 3DS version that never came back to the Wii U version, and oh. all the DLC, and some new stuff. So, like, there is a butt-ton of content in this, and you play through all these maps, you can get all kinds of different costumes, a billion different kind of weapons for each character, like, a campaign, all this weird secret shit, and you kill thousands of enemies by mashing the same button over and over again. I played this for, like... 80 hours because i there was a point at the beginning of the summer when i normally don't have two days off in a row and so i started my new job and i would go up to my grandparents cottage Mm. and i would basically play hyrule warriors until my switch battery would die and then i would read the witcher until it had charged again and then i would swap between the two and boy yeah the my least favorite part though i will say this about it skull kid is a great character but he has that fucking ocarina and so you mash the button, and he blows the same fucking note in the ocarina every mm-hmm. time. I had to turn the sound off when I played a Skull Kid, <laughs> and that's sad, because he's a really cool guy. But yeah, they couldn't even fake it. Like, make it a song mm-hmm. to the beat of the mashing or something. It's same note. Mm. That was awful. Now, did this scratch the itch? Because I know a Dynasty Warriors came out this year. And Regular Dynasty Warriors bad. does not do it for me. I don't like it. I like all the weird spinoffs. Okay. So mainly Dynasty Warriors Gundam, if they were to make another one of those, would be my ideal dream scenario. Okay. I don't think they're ever going to make another one. Because for some reason, new Gundam shows like don't add a shitload of Gundams anymore. They have like two. Mm. And then it's like, well, we can't release the same game but with two new Gundams or right. whatever. Uh, so like, yeah, that, the One Piece games because just because i like one piece hyrule warriors fire emblem warriors was kind of shitty mm. uh i just like i just like dynasty warriors and for some reason the regular ones don't do it because they're retelling the same exact story every time oh. and usually the characters don't feel that different that's one of the things i like about hyrule warriors is there are a lot of characters and each one is like super unique Whereas in a lot of other Dynasty Warriors games, it's like, oh, there's like 8,000 versions of the same fucking character mm. and combos. Um, but like even in this, like the characters all feel different, but then they have different weapon sets that make them feel completely different than that. And so it, I, I just have a lot of fun playing right. it. And I, now that I'm saying this, I kind of want to play more of it. Because I didn't 100% <laughs> it because it would take like literally my entire life because there's so much content. Wow. Um, but yeah, I just enjoy it. I played it for a long time. I think it's my second most played game on... No, third now. Most played game on Switch, behind Smash and Xenoblade. Wow. But, yeah, I played it a lot. And there's still much more I could play if I ever get the itch to go back and do it again. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. All right, so what do you got? Firewatch is my number three, as we okay, discussed. Okay, yeah. Um, number two is Yakuza Ki- Kiwami 2. Okay, yeah. That, that is, is a yeah, that is a re-release. That's yes. It, yeah. We we had this conversation yeah, about yeah. like I think it, it is tech. There is technically enough done to it that I think you could have made the argument. It's yeah, a new that game. it's a new game, but like but it's still the same story. It's overall. still the same story. So mm-hmm. like, why complicate it and convolute it? So yeah, I'll just throw it into two. It's it's more Yakuza. It's uh, 
I think it's the best one my uh, behind zero. Okay. Which I think that's a pretty standard view. Yeah. Uh, I think before zero came out, it seems like two was probably considered the best one. That is what I heard from most people. It's the only one I have not played now, but. Which I mean, you you have that. I it's... do have it, so I can. And I keep telling you, you need to play it. I know. You get to fight a tiger at some point. I know. I hear about that all the time. <laughs> I I don't want to talk about this too much because I don't want yeah, to spoil it for I you. Will actually play it. Yeah, so I know that's something that you will play. So, uh-huh. uh, so Yakuza Two. It's more Yakuza. It's fantastic. It's great. Mm-hmm. Play it. Yeah, I will eventually. Yes, we'll find out when I will have time to do that. So, what's your number one there? Uh, Gears of War Three. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I never played Gears Three. I played one and two. Well, it was in my top ten list. Oh, that is true. So, yeah. I really liked... Uh, I just enjoy Gears of War. Yeah. The franchise. I, um, I, I've i been wanting to play 4 for a while, but just... At the end of the year, it just kind of becomes this thing of me trying to wrap up as many games from this year as I can. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, the first half of the year is me playing a lot of older games. So that's... I'm... I mean, I'm probably going to be playing Gears of War here in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Or Gears of War 4. Yeah. So. Because I think Gears of Gears Five could come out this year. I think it should. I don't know that it will, but it should for mm-hmm. sure. Because yeah. they don't have a lot else popping off this year. See, I just don't know if they're going to pull a Nintendo and delay everything for the next console. That would suck. It would suck, but I mean, it would kind of make sense as well for them. But they also have like a ton of studios now that could launch games on a new console. So, so I think they should bank on that because I, I, they already announced Gears and Halo, so they should. I mean, a year of where give the fucking Xbox One something, man. A year where a, a new Gears and a new Halo could come out in the same year, and Crackdown, which Crackdown is not going to be very good, but in a year where all three of those games could come out the same year, that's pretty good. All I'm saying is, that's I'm really impressive. glad I have Game Pass because boy, do I not want to pay sixty dollars for Crackdown. I I'm surprised you kept it. I know, like some of it's just accidental. It's pretty accidental at this point, but I will play Forza more, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna have to play Crackdown. <laughs> so, well, I'm gonna have to play a few minutes at least mm-hmm. of Crackdown because if it is good like the first one, it'll be so sick. Oh, it's the first one was so good and fun. It's not. I know it will suck. But it, it's. I... It's in development hell at this point. Oh yeah, it's, there's no return. It, it's, I, I, I think I will enjoy, enjoy it just because I have a very low tolerance for. I don't know that I'll be able to take this. I mean, I I enjoyed Agents of Mayhem. Yeah. Very few people enjoyed Agents of Mayhem. Mm-hmm. So if it's at least as good as Agents of Mayhem, I will enjoy it. I'm not saying it will be good. I hope that it's at least as good as. Crackdown 2, which was not good. Yeah, I haven't heard anything good about Crackdown 2. No, it sucked. They took away all what made Crackdown fun, I think. And then you had to, like, fight the fucking zombies with the... Whatever, man. Not good. Yes. So that is... uh, That's the... Our top three uh, favorite old games of the year. Yeah. Now we're going to move into best music. Best music. Which I first just kind of want to mention... I don't know about you, but, like, there are games that I recognize that, like, had good music and are... But, like, I... It doesn't... It feels weird to nominate things I didn't play. Yeah. So, like, I, I've heard Astro Bot's 
uh, music, mm-hmm. and I think it's very good, mm-hmm. but I haven't played it. Yeah. So like it, it doesn't it does it feels weird for me to nominate. No, games I, I feel the played. same. Yeah. So like these are all games that I played. Yes. So. And so my thing with this category is, I I like having it be music that I remember mm-hmm. because like while I personally recognize that Spider Man and God of War had like really good music, it's all like weird orchestral movie score stuff. And I don't remember any of it other than that it was, like, good and fit the scene. Mm-hmm. Especially Spider-Man. It, like, literally just sounded to me like the score of a Marvel movie, which is, like, cool, and it worked for the thing, but I will never remember that. Like, if you ask me right now to hum literally anything that happened in Spider-Man, I could not do it. So that, like, for me, it is stu- it has to be stuff that I, like, remember, and so usually that ends up being weird chiptune bullshit okay. because it sticks in my head more. Because, like, yeah, man, I think about Super Mario Galaxy all the time, and everyone's like, oh, it's, like, the best soundtrack ever made. It's just, like, it's just orchestral versions of old Mario music. Like, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't do it for me. All right, so do you want to go first with this one? Sure. We'll swap off. Uh, Far Cry 5. Okay. It It is a soundtrack, it's a game that, like, people really kind of shit on and stuff, but there was just, they did some interesting things, especially with the cult music. Okay that I, it's it sounds like a chorus is kind of singing a lot of these songs and they're very powerful songs a lot like red dead were like you you just kind of listen to these songs i didn't nominate red dead because i didn't play it yeah, I did not either. uh you hear these songs and they're very powerful they're very strong and although they didn't really nail it with the cult these cult songs are just excellent i i I will have to admit, at the when I started looking at this list, I was like, I can't think of a single game that really stood out to <laughs> really me. Really stood year. out, yeah. But I didn't play Celeste. I didn't play Astrobot. Yeah. I didn't really play much of uh, Red Dead, which Red Dead seems to be getting a lot of uh, praise. Yeah, that's like that's like the exact kind of thing that doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Like there were moments when there were real like vocalized songs in there mm-hmm. to like punctuate specific moments, and those were cool. Mm-hmm. But like I don't, I, that just doesn't do it for me. Right. Know. So then I just kind of had to sit down and pretty much listen to soundtracks of all the games that I played. Yeah. And I was I was very very impressed with the Far Cry because there was a lot of range in the action scenes. It's very uh it's popping and yeah, it, yeah. it's get, it getting the adrenaline going. It's very atmospheric. But then in these cut scenes where there's one where it's the power of yes and he's all talking about how saying yes is, you know, it, it's all cult stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Weird cult stuff. Yes, yeah, so uh, the, there's a lot of range with the the music, so I was very impressed with Far Cry Five. It's hard to talk about with you really not having. No, I mean, I I know very... I've heard some of it mm-hmm. in like the videos I've seen. Excuse me. Hold right. Uh, number two is a little question questionable because okay. it's a uh, Pokemon Let's Go. Okay, the music in that is pretty good. Though. Uh, yes, like it's, I don't know. When I say it's questionable, I mean it's kind of like just remakes of the original. I, they were basically remakes, but they were like pretty good remixes. Yes, yes. I, I just love the, the Pokemon. music from Pokemon. Yes. I mean, I'm there with you. That's, it was good. Yeah, it, it's music from my childhood. It makes me happy. Yeah, definitely. And I fuck I, all those. I know all those. Yes, like yeah. yeah. That that's that's the thing that i like about music and games is like when it sticks with me and i remember it like Mm -hmm. i listened to the soundtrack from undertale 
literally multiple times a week. Like, right. I, I will never forget it. But Pokemon also does that same thing. Like I, And that's kind of... One thing I've always liked about Rare is, like, their music's almost always at the forefront. Mm-hmm. It's something that you notice with, like, Banjo-Kazooie, Donkey Kong, Viva Pinata. I, they're just... It's at the forefront. And that's why I think when I... if Just going off a little bit of a tangent... That Doom documentary by uh, what is it? No clip. No clip, and they they talked to Mick Mick, Mick Gordon, Gordon, and he talked about how he wanted Doom to be like Banjo Kazooie, yeah. where the music was very much at the forefront. It's something that you notice. It's not in the background. And yeah. So, yeah. and I think Pokemon, it's the same way. I mean, it's not something that's kind of like in the background. It's something no, that yeah, you, it is a large part of the experience. It I is. Think, yeah. Yes. Alright, so what's it, your numero uno on that? Uh, it's a game that I didn't like, but I really like the soundtrack. Interesting. Uh, sea of Thieves. I knew you were going to say that. And I, <laughs> yeah, pirate songs are good. It's cartoony pirate songs. I yeah. Mean, it, it, I've into it. It's something that I do sometimes listen to just outside of, it. It just sometimes when I just want to relax a little bit. It is one of the few music soundtracks I do listen to just because I do like pirate music and it's cartoony happy pirate music yeah yeah that's i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> I, as soon as you said the rare thing i was like oh yeah mm-hmm. here we go yes so uh that's that's my top three okay ours did not match up in this one i didn't all. think it would number three for me is the tetris effect because that's literally what the whole <laughs> fucking game is is it's just weird i can't even think of what the genre is it's like kind of like edm trance music in some cases with like really strange uplifting lyrics in a lot of cases and it like that's what it is like that whole game is the background visuals while you're playing tetris but mixed with the music that Mm -hmm. makes that game in particular really cool and so the ones that i like the best are there are some that just the music is playing in the background but there are some that the music is being made by you moving the pieces and dropping the pieces. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that the in those stages specifically, the music is so integrated with the gameplay, they all sound so cool. And like specifically the final stage that I failed a billion times because I suck at Tetris and it goes max speed. Uh, I heard that a billion times and I still like that song. And I listen to that soundtrack sometimes as well. It's just, like, really uplifting. Like, mm-hmm. all of the lyrics are about, like, oh, man, positive, good vibes. And I just, yeah. That, I mean, that game, the whole thing is the music. Right. So if that didn't hold up, I would not have liked that game at all. But also, coming from the people that made it, like, of course, it was going to be the way it was. Because, I mean, it's uh, Mizuguchi. So he, like, made Rez and uh, right. Luminous and all these games that very much deal with sound and music. And so, yeah, I, Tetris Effect, the soundtrack is crazy. I just kind of want to go on a little tangent here. Yeah. Can, is Tetris in public domain? Can, like, anybody make a Tetris game? No. You have to get the, the rights to Tetris. Yes. Yeah, so at different okay. times, different people have owned the rights to publish Tetris games. Because there is, like, a it's core Tetris company. Yes. But uh, Ubisoft had it had the rights recently and they did a real shit job mm. uh so like that's why there was a whole bunch of weird stuff about puyo puyo tetris coming to this country right because sega did it in japan but like the laws are slightly different so they couldn't bring it out here for a long time because there's something about like it was the first 
Tetris game on the console. Yeah, it just something. It just seems like every year. I mean, there was like Crazy Towers and then Poyo Poyo Tetris. And, yeah. And Tetris Effect this year, which I don't know if Crazy Towers is considered. No, Tetris. Tricky Towers was not technically Tetris, so okay. they that did, they could do whatever they wanted. But this actually is like this is sanctioned yes. by the Tetris company, and like there are specific rules mm. that they have to have in it, and like they have to be able to show the original color of the pieces and like there's all kinds of weird stipulations but they uh yeah i don't know they huh. did it. okay i was just kind of wondering because it's as i said it seems like every year a new like tetris game is getting yes. released so i was like can anybody just make a tetris game no they cannot okay it is very complicated and stupid. <laughs> everyone should be able to make a tetris game yeah. because they would have done a fucking better job than ubisoft oh boy and number two is celeste Okay. Uh, which is one of the main reasons I actually played Celeste was because I was like, wow, this music sounds really cool. And mm-hmm. it is very good. It is the kind of chiptune music that I really like. But it really goes well with each stage. Like, the music is pretty different throughout each one. But then what I think is really cool is you go to the B-side stages, and then there are really weird, intricate remixes of the ones on the regular stages. Mm-hmm. And it just, they put so much thought and effort into it. And it's all just very good music i don't know there's not a lot to say about it, it yeah, just is yeah. The very much the kind of music that i like from video games in general done very well this is a hard category to have like intricate conversations about it's yes. just it's just something like listen to some of these songs and yeah. go, go uh, so. the, the celeste soundtrack yes. is fucking dope and then to the surprise of literally no one my number one best music is dj max respect and so some of these songs don't count because they're old so like the whole th- concept of DJ Max Respect is they're paying homage to the franchise as a whole. Mm-hmm. So there are songs from the original uh, Portable 2 trilogy and all these things. But the ones that were actually made for Respect, which there were a fuckload of them, like almost 100, I think, at this point, because they keep adding some, they're just very good overall. And it's really diverse. Like There's metal, K-pop, J-pop anything you can dream of is there mm-hmm. like weird pop punk garbage that has no reason to be in the game but is there anyways and it's just that it's literally a rhythm game so like if the music was not good then it would not be good mm-hmm. and i like almost every song in the game in i general. i was kind of curious if persona 3 would make you make an appearance so i felt weird about that one because i that is not new music there are some remixes though yes there are so that's that's where i was wondering if it would make an appearance yeah i those games the the persona 3 dancing in moonlight and persona 5 dancing in starlight like i never would have picked persona 5s because those some of those remixes are just really horrendous and i knew you liked three yeah and i really like the soundtrack of that game Mm -hmm. but i yeah i don't know it's it's more samey like those remixes are good but i don't know that it would have elevated it above this Mm -hmm. like for any new reason like those original tracks still really stand out but none of the remixes were specifically good enough that i thought to put it on here right so that makes sense yeah dj max respect is Mm -hmm. i just like the music in general i just like rhythm games so it makes sense that i would pick that okay all right yeah and so then we will move on to best looking um and this one is weird for me personally because normally I would pick games that are more artistic right. and stuff. I did not this time. Okay. Except in one case. I did in two cases. Okay. So for three, I picked Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay. Because holy sweet Christ, 
That game looks really good. Those people are... <laughs> they, yes. uh, they had a very large money fountain to make the looks <laughs> of this game, and it really shows. Like, normally open-world games of that scale, they have to, like, tone down the graphics a little bit. Yes. Not when you take seven years or whatever it took to make your game, because then you can just polish it to no end, and it looks ridiculous. I... It, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is one where I told you like there were points that looked like a PS2 game. Yeah, it's one of those. It in the cutscenes it looks amazing, and then it's like out of the cutscenes, and you're like, oh, okay, this doesn't. This looks like a yeah, like first couple years of the, the new generation. <laughs> like Red Dead will seamlessly go from the cutscenes to yes. the gameplay, and it's like barely any different if mm. it is at all. Like the character models look great. Like everything about it. And then, like, just, like, looking over out over, like, mountain cliffs and mm-hmm. the weird western atmosphere just, like, looks right. so good. And, like, I didn't even like this game that much overall. But, like, it looks crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, facial animations are up there with, like, Uncharted. Yeah. But Uncharted is, the, like, a 10-hour experience or 15. Yeah, like, this where is, this is uh, as many hours more... as you want it to be. And there are, like, no points where I'm like, wow, this part looks like trash. Right. It just, the whole way through, it looks crazy good. Yeah. And that's insane. Yes. Um, and so number two for me was Spider-Man. Okay. And that one is, like, that one's tough. Because I think that especially the people look really good in, like, cutscenes and right. stuff. Like, the facial animation and just, like, the models. And so this one is weird because I feel like it's halfway in between being artistic and, like, actual technical good graphics. Because... Mm. It is sort of more stylized than, like, just your average, like, I don't know if he looks like a regular person, but yeah. I, it's, like, super colorful, and the world is sort of stylized, like, not fully, because there's, like, just weird, I don't know, it's, like, fake New York. Right? I was going to say, so for me, I didn't love the look, and it, and it is more the art style, where, like, it does just kind of look like New York City. Yeah. And I'm not that I, I love New York. I mean, yeah. New York's a cool city. And the but the big thing for me is I did not like the way any of the any of the suits looked. Oh, I did. See, I I just I stuck with the original Insomniac, and I didn't change any to any others. I did stick with that for most of it because I was like, oh well, this is the suit that they would have intended for him to have. But I like all those suits. I just like uh, a lot of them. Just felt like stuff in general. It didn't look realistic. It like which I'm fine with that. Yeah, like um, it, I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't fit the vibe of Spider-Man to me. So like I just didn't see. I because I when I think of Spider-Man, I think very unrealistic. Like Into the Spider-Verse, right. is fucking wild and mm-hmm. does not look any real at all. I mean, it looks like a comic book. And there are some of the suits, like the one that makes him look like he's literally a comic book, and like that one is crazy. It's really cool. That one is cool, but I wouldn't want to play as that that would just like take me out of like the... i I played as a scarlet spider most of the time just because mm-hmm. he is my favorite one that i, I mean, like, that I like him a lot but yeah i don't know like the the people in the suits were all very colorful and like mm-hmm. even on the enemies like they were just designed really well in my opinion and i liked the way all of that looked right but then outside of that it's like oh it just does look like a really good rendering of new york that's yeah but i also there were not many games this year where i was like boy this looks really cool Mm-hmm. outside of that like a lot of stuff that i played this year was more just like generic kind of yeah. i guess so i had a hard time thinking of things that really stood out to me in my mm-hmm. in my head um and so number one is the artistic one it is octopath traveler right and it 
Like I, I really did not like Octopath Traveler at all. But the the look of it is crazy. Yeah. Like it is like the sixteen bit. It, it is actually, in my opinion, it is what sixteen bit games would have looked like if they continued into the modern era. Like if that was just the art style people stuck with. Because it still has all the weird, crazy ambient lighting effects and shit, but on these 16-bit, super low-res sprites, mm-hmm. and it almost looks like it's in like a pop-up book world. Yeah. And it is, it's very stylized, and everything comes together and is very cohesive in that art style. And even when there is like actual art, like there are like weird cards that show what the character's like concept art looks like on them, mm-hmm. and that is all just like beautiful, hand-drawn, very well done. And it all just fits together in a very cohesive style and looks amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, just the way... I mean, the backgrounds are just beautiful. And then you have these, like, beautiful characters just kind of walking. It looks like they're just kind of, like, walking on top of the background. Yeah, it's so weird. It's I, like a storybook presentation yeah, almost. Yeah, it, it is impressive. Just... I mean, that is perfect art style. Yeah, right and that is one of the things that drew me to that game in the first place is because I just generally mm-hmm. am more drawn to the pixel art type things. I just wish that the rest of it had done anything for I me. I keep wondering if I should try that because... I keep thinking that I should try to finish it, and I I don't know, man. Because I am definitely much more of a systems guy than a... Like, I love a good story, but like I'm definitely much more of a systems you guy. You have to really like the system. Yes. Because... I, I, I keep thinking... I, I downloaded that demo and I never played it. Yeah. I should just dick around yeah, with that demo. Yeah, because, I mean, it is... You carry that save into the... Exactly. So, the I mean... If you did want to play, you could keep yeah, going. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I... It just looks really good. I mm-hmm. like Octopath Traveler's yes. looks. All right. So, uh, okay. Uh, my top three is Octopath Traveler's number three. Okay. I didn't play that game, but, yeah, like, but I can, you can see it. I can write. I can at least acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah, that, that art style crazy. is amazing. Uh, number two is an, is a game that I didn't like. Okay. Sea of Thieves. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's see, yeah. that's another one. It's like weird cartoony stuff. Like it's kind of cel shaded. Yes, and it looks pretty good. I think. The the pirate ships, the people, the fucking water. I, that's where it I was. It looks yeah. so good. My biggest complaint is they made these characters, and I love the look of them, but they chose to it chose for it to be in third or in first person. So you don't see your, your you, character. You don't see your character. It, yeah, like it doesn't. It seems like a very odd idea for that kind of game, where like all the unlockables are cosmetic. Mm-hmm. But then you can't see. Yeah, I. Yep. I don't know, man. So, that seems like a humongous bungle because like none of the upgrades are gameplay. It's all cosmetic, but you don't get to see it. It makes no sense. No, it does not, Matt. It's crazy. It was a bungled game, (laughs) but it still looks good and it still sounds good. (laughs) I like not playing it. Yes. And then my number one is God of War. Okay, God of War looks very good. I just, I always think about that one moment. It's somewhat early on when you first meet the witch, mm-hmm. and then she takes you back to her house. Oh, yeah, with the fucking turtle The and turtle, stuff. Oh, like her that's... house. I mean, it looks amazing, yeah. but that is artistic vision. That is, that, yes. Of, which, I mean, all their worlds are very artistically done. I mean, 
and and that's why I I put it in above like Spider Man, which that is definitely technical. Yeah, I played yeah. a little bit of Red Dead, mm-hmm. that is very technical. I think out of War, out of like all of them, it's the most artistic of the three. That's probably true. Yeah. So I I I wanted to kind of give that one its praise because it is not only technically looking fantastic, and I played it on the. The basic PlayStation. You played yeah, it on, play the Pro, on the Pro, which I assume looked even better. It did. Uh, which you probably played it in 4K as well. I did, yeah. But I, artistically, that is a game that even in five years, I think it'll still look good. It will, yeah. Because of the artistic vision they went with. Yeah, yeah. And plus, uh, Kratos' beard looks top notch. Very good. Top notch beard tech <laughs> they got going on there. And, and honestly, Atreus, they did a great job with the kid. A lot of the times, yeah, they did. Video games don't do a great job with kids. No, they do not. If that if they didn't do well with Atreus, that no. game would have suffered uh, very much. much. Yes. Yeah. So okay. no, God of War is a it's a great looking game. All right. And now we will move into best feel, which was a hard category for me because I feel like there are four games that are top notch. Really? Okay. So I had to cut one, and it hurt me. (laughs) Uh, My number three is Spider-Man. Okay. And it is... You know what is so fucking weird? I didn't even think of that when, in my (laughs) head, of like, when I was thinking about games with best feel, that literally Mm -hmm. didn't even pop into my head, but that game does feel very good. Oh, yeah, like, just swinging around. Because that is what that whole game is, yeah, Yeah, the swinging around. Just swing, just swinging around. It feels good, It's top notch it's, it is it's so good it, that is absolutely vital to and that, that game. was the whole thing that yes. they needed to nail and, and they very much did yeah and not only that the combat once you get used to the combat yeah it's, it's, it it feels good very combat, good yeah because yes people compare it to the arkham and it is similar mm-hmm. but i think with the aerial you can get combos going that are crazy, crazy long, long. And, and they're just aerial combats. Yeah. It's it's kind of like playing Marvel Three, where yeah. you can pretty much take someone out if you know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You, you don't even have to touch the ground. You can stay in the air for as long as you want if you know what you're doing. Yeah. So Spider Man Three is a great feeling game. It is. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, number two is of God of War. Okay. Uh throwing that axe and <laughs> throwing the axe and returning the axe is something special man and just the way they programmed it so like the controller would rumble the closer it got to you and like then it feels like you like it's yes. like hard when it hits his hand but it's not anything that's abrasive or something that'll take you out of the element yeah. it just kind of it's subtle but you feel it yeah <laughs> i mean it I remember it, reading an article about mm-hmm. them being like, no, we have to nail this. Yes, like, yes. this is, we gotta get this right. Yes. And they did. It, it, I mean, it's like a Thor simulator, this game. <laughs> and yeah, that feels very good. Uh, just the, the spoiler overall... feels very good when you get the spoiler weapon. Oh, yes. That the, also yes. continues to feel good. Uh, uh, the combat in general just feels good, fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, throw it. Specifically, this is number two because throwing that axe and then recalling it—that's so good. It's so fun. <laughs> it's never not fun. I used. I liked. There were points where I would just throw it and recall <laughs> yeah. it because it feels so cool to be able to be like, "Oh, it's coming back now." <laughs> yeah, like when you meet this the great serpent and, and you're and you can just be talking to it. You can just throw the axe and then call it back and just yeah. 
Oh man, and you can even throw the axe and then recall it back through enemies and stuff. Yeah. And like that's awesome. Man. You can throw it, start beating up an enemy, which if if you hit the enemy, they're just frozen there until you yeah. recall it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they the combat when you can tell Atreus, like once he kinda gets involved with the combat and he's joined in the combat, you're throwing, you're calling, you're yeah, that combat is just excellent. It's excellent, yeah. All right. So it, your number one, I think I know what it is. It is Dead Cells. Yeah, because that's the right answer. <laughs> oh, I played it yesterday, dude, and I got to the final boss, and I took away half his health, and I thought to myself, I can never play this game again. I've been playing it recently. I don't know if you noticed, I've been playing it oh, recently no, I again. Seen. I got to the final boss for the first time yesterday. So as they well. had redone the the PC version has all those changes, mm. and so now that it doesn't scale, I am way better at the game where I thought I would be worse. Oh, so I think that I could have. They also changed it so that the time doors are not in the level; they're in between. Oh, that makes sense. And they also changed it so now there are ones where like you can get in there if you kill thirty enemies without getting hit, or sixty enemies without getting hit. Um, so yeah, on my first run of the new mm. patch, I got to the final boss and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's a game. <laughs> I, I was just so excited cause I made it to the final boss for the, the first time. Like yeah. that didn't bother me that I didn't. I was so mad that I lost because I could have won. Mm-hmm. When he calls those fucking elites, I was so salty. I was like, now I'll never win. Yeah. Because I did not have like a really great sword for it. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting messed up in not a great way. But which I mean that that's kind of one of those situations where like it's more devastating when you have the right setup for you. Mm-hmm. Where like I getting to that final boss area, like that was the I had the right setup for me. Mm-hmm. And I mean yeah, it felt very good. Yeah, it, it the combat it's just so perfect. I mean, you can cancel out of any animation into anything else. Yes, like the two things that really do it for me is rolling through doors mm. so they explode. I fucking every I've heard people say that they opened the doors. Why? Why would you ever <laughs> open the door? You roll into it, it yeah. explodes, and everyone gets stunned, and you're like, this is awesome. Sometimes I will, like, shoot an arrow. Sometimes, yeah. But also, when you're falling, and you hit the ground, and it makes the stun thing, and it will stun the enemies, and, like, oh, I'm depending co- on your upgrades, you know, they'll catch on fire, or they'll freeze, and it just... Oh, I'm constantly slamming I, down. I always, I, yeah, I don't climb down anymore. Thing. No, it's, uh, it just feels so right. Yeah, like they found their formula, and it felt it feels so good to play. What is your ideal setup? I'm just kind of curious. Like sword, and... uh, like a smaller sword. So basically, like all of the variants of the original balanced blade. Okay, is usually what I will use. The faster, the better. Um, and that's I don't need anything else. It doesn't matter. Oh, see, like for me, I want the dual daggers. Dual daggers do feel very good. That's my second go-to. I want the frozen the ice uh arrows okay i usually use the frozen grenades but that's because they give them to you so frequently that i just have those all the time and then i want to have like the two turrets i like the the teleport is the other one that i usually have mm. where you just teleport behind the enemy it is not very effective on the final boss i uh, i could yeah. imagine which i had that and i was very bummed so that that's my ideal setup to kind of because then i can like freeze an enemy get up attack it dodge away Air, freeze it again and yeah 
And then when things are getting a little too chaotic, I can just drop the two turrets. It can kill a lot of things. And then I usually go for the upgrades of... I always get... The first one I go for is the one where you can come back to life. Mm, I never go for that one. Really? Because it takes up two slots. Oh, it does? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It does. Mm. So then you only get two mutations instead of three, I think. Oh. And then I usually go for where you get health back. I always get that one. That is the one I will always go for first. And then I I usually just go for the one where it's like it upgrades your melee if there are more than two. I, don't, I did go for that one in the beginning. I don't anymore because usually where I end up dying is on a boss. Yeah. So then when there's... Oh, I guess that would help in the final boss fight. Yeah. Yeah. I should have gotten that one. Because now that I have so many, because now like half of my unlock thing is like 30 different ones, and I don't right. know which ones to prioritize, I usually go for the one that is like kill combos. Oh. So like the more enemies you kill in the short time frame, the more damage you do, because mm-hmm. it's, you can just fly through the levels that way and do right. a shit ton of damage. Um, and yeah, the vampirism I always go for. Yes. Every time. But yeah, it just feels so good. It does. It, I like. I don't know how they did it. Yeah, it is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I just remember the first time playing it, being like, "Whoa, <laughs> this is what is happening." Yes. All right. So for me, my number three was Crosscode. Okay. Which, if that game didn't feel good, it wouldn't work. Right. Because the whole thing is you shoot your balls. It's like a twin stick shooter type thing. And so many of the puzzles are based on your, like, fucking absolute pinpoint accuracy of bouncing this thing off this thing to hit another thing. And it and it works. Sometimes it's a pain in the ass because with the controller it's hard to aim. So if I have to make, like, super, super precision movement, I'll have to switch to the mouse on some mm-hmm. occasions. Um, but other than that, like, the dodge feels very good. The melee attacks are also good. They fully intend for you to use the aiming most of the time, which I do not, because I spec in a way for melee to be better, mm. because sometimes it just makes it easier for me in combat. Um, but you can you can do either one, and it just feels pretty good in general. The Why I had it at number three and not higher is because you don't jump on your own. Mm. It's like a Zelda auto-jump, except there is so much platforming that it's like... It's crazy. And sometimes you can't tell... If something is higher than you or lower than you because right. of the top-down art style. So that's like why I wouldn't have it higher on the list is because I think it does feel great, but that does not. Yeah. Because you have to get momentum before you hit the edge of something for the jump, and so you don't always know if you have the momentum, stuff like that. But I do I do like the way it feels, um, and so that's awesome. Number two, Celeste. Okay. Because it is just... It's another... I guess you could call it a platformer is what people call it. I don't really like that term, but no. that's what it is. It's like Super Meat Boy-esque. Like, it wouldn't... If it doesn't feel good, then it feels like it's cheap and right. you're being cheated and you're dying for no reason. But in Celeste, because you come back right away instantaneously and you have so much control over the character, it's always your fault, or at least to me, it usually felt like it was my fault. And I would like... it. That's also what keeps you from getting frustrated, at least in my case. How are it, the checkpoints? Uh, screen by screen. Okay. So, so you start to screen all the time, constantly. Um, so you get like halfway through a tough screen, mm-hmm. and you die, but then you start so quick again, and you know how the movement works, that right. I never got frustrated. I was like, oh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I just have to not suck and, right. and do it. 
there some of the mechanics like it was either the second or third one i can't remember whatever one is the weird lava bullshit i hated that mechanic Mm -hmm. so i was worried that it was gonna be rough like that for me for the rest of the game but then i found all the other ones to be easier so i don't know it just feels good and like her dash and then when you get two dashes at a certain point in the story they introduce strange things like you'll have to dash into these just like diamonds and they regenerate your dashes and the wall jumps everything Mm -hmm. everything about it if it didn't work the game would totally fall apart Mm -hmm. because that's all it is it's just a platformer so it works in that sense and i i actually i really enjoyed celeste and i might go back and try to do some of the harder stages but they get like they get savage Mm -hmm. in a way that i don't know that i after my the one i did beat i had 400 deaths in and at the end, I had 1,400 deaths total across the whole game. Um, but it made me feel like, for the first time when playing a platformer, like I felt accomplished since I had played Super Meat Boy and beat mm-hmm. that. And that was a long time ago. <laughs> so, yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. And then number one, Dead Cells, because it's it feels good. Yes. And it is the only true answer for this year. <laughs> I do just want to give a shout-out to Forza Horizon. Oh yeah, that feels, feels good. That feels good as well. It, it was hard for me to cut, but you know, so we don't have to talk about it. I just wanted to mention it. Fucking dead cells. Uh, I guess we can move into uh, the best multiplayer. Yeah, which all right, it's my number three for best multiplayer. Mario Tennis Aces. Oh nice. We played a lot of Mario Tennis. We did. Um, and it's just good. I, yeah. I I don't know. I heard a lot of people saying that they thought it was pretty disappointing. And that really was weird to me because it is definitely the best Mario Tennis since... GameCube? Since the GameCube one because I, I like uh, Mario Power Tennis. That's what that right. one's called. And all the ones after that like were so nothing. Yeah. The one on 3DS had no content. The one on Wii U was like had... barely even a game. I was like, going to say had even less. Nothing to it. So, I, I don't know. And they added a bunch of new interesting mechanics that yes. make it more strategy-based and more kind of like a fighting game. So, I guess in some cases, it might be harder for people to pick up. But if you just wanted to play regular-ass Mario Tennis, you can turn off a lot of that stuff in some modes. So, you can have it so that it's just... There are none of the trick shots or none of the racket breaking. So, mm. it takes away some extra elements of strategy. Um so this is where this one was weird is i had fun playing with you guys right but then as soon as i would go online i would cease to have any fun because it's just people who are way better than you and understand the mechanics better and are abusing it so i saw a lot of people say that they liked playing the version without the trick shots like just i can't remember what it's called classic mode or something Mm -hmm. where you just play regular tennis with volleys and then it's more your skill at specific angles or like trying to mind game out the other person um and they just they keep adding content to it. Like, they are adding a ton of new characters. Uh, they added to the single player. The single player was not great, but mm-hmm. this is multiplayer anyways, so... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're adding new characters. I Like, they're putting Pauline in, which I think is amazing, because mm-hmm. they didn't acknowledge her existence until Odyssey. Right. Uh, like, uh, Rosalina's star, Luma, he mm-hmm. is one of the new characters. And they just keep adding it, and they're also adding in costumes and weird stuff to make it more fun and diverse. And I think another thing is a lot of times, a lot of the characters feel the same in the older games. Like, yeah, they feel pretty different in this. Like, they do, like yeah. especially with the trick shots, yep. they all they all feel very different. Mm-hmm. Like, 
and they I think they did an amazing job of uh, capturing Waluigi. Yes, and one of the, my all-time favorite things that makes this game great yes. is when you score. And then you have your fucking dumb run around <laughs> yeah. animation, and they're all so stupid and yeah. good, and I love it. It makes you feel so good. Yeah, like when people don't run around after they make the shot, I'm like, "What are you doing? You gotta, <laughs> you gotta celebrate." Oh, it's I fun. was always, always running around. Yeah, never don't do it. Uh, the well, especially Waluigi and yeah. his fucking <laughs> lanky dumb arms. Oh, so stupid. Yeah, I mean, nothing's better than moonwalking. Getting the getting the win and then running around. <laughs> the only thing that I wish was different is when you're playing doubles. If they high fived or like oh, hugged yeah. in some way, that would be even better. <laughs> like you run up to each other and do something. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I Mario Tennis. I we had fun playing local. Yeah, no, that's the only context mm-hmm. I think about that game. And yeah. so when people are like talking about all the other aspects they thought were disappointing, I don't even those don't even come to my mind because I just had fun playing with right. you guys in multiplayer. Yes. Um, and my number two was Lethal League Blaze. Oh yeah, and it's because I like Lethal League, and this is in the same way that Mario Tennis like added more mechanics to make it more like a fighting game. Mm-hmm. That is what Lethal League Blaze did. They added in the throw, and there's like counters, and you have to like try to be really mindful of what you do. Mm-hmm. They made it so that bunts are way better, and like actually have more of a purpose. There are more characters, more stages, more music. It is health just bar. yeah, the health bar. I like that change, so you don't necessarily always die in one hit. Um, and then there are like a bunch of other modes, like the stupid volleyball mode is also fun. Mm. You can change it back to work like old Lethal League if you don't like it the new way. Um, and it is just like Lethal League was, except they added more mechanics and there's more content. So, like, in my opinion, it's just better Lethal League now. Right. Um, and that was always... Lethal League is one of my favorite multiplayer games in general. Mm-hmm. And it just is more of that with slightly more mechanics. So if you want to get deep into it, you can, but you right. don't necessarily have to. You can still engage with it the old way as well. Um, have you played much of it this year? I have, so like we, I played for a couple hours on my own before Extra Life just right. to try to unlock the characters, and then we played at Extra Life. Um, the last time Nukio was home, we played for like four or five hours straight, just oh, okay. me versus him one-on-one. And I've played it other times, like I played a couple times online and stuff. I haven't played it as much as I've wanted to, because I've been trying to play other things and I right. just haven't gone back to it, but it is, I, I do like mm-hmm. it a lot. And they're adding new characters over time, which they have not yet, but they've added some costumes... Uh, they bungle some of the way the unlocks work, but the multiplayer presentation is still yeah. still top notch. <laughs> and then my number one best multiplayer is Smash. Oh, yeah, nice. I don't know. I like Smash. Yeah, it continues to be Smash. There's not like a lot to say about it. It's just like a, I don't know. Now you can have eight people. Not that I would ever do that, but just like playing dumb four player free for all matches. Like when I played with you and Jumbo, that was fun, and it just I, it is was the fun. Most, it was the most fun I've had. Yeah, like Smash. you can. What I like about Smash is that you can just dick off and like have items on and like be having fun. But then if you want to like be the super serious Smash player, like I usually do when I play with Nukio, because mm-hmm. I'm just trying to learn how to get better with Captain Falcon. But you can still do that too. Right. You can have it both ways, and like all the content exists yeah. like there is like fucking 900 music tracks 103 stages 
whatever variety of stages you want, mm-hmm. whatever variety of item. Like it just is. It has any option you could possibly want for multiplayer, unless for some reason you liked coin battle because they removed coin battle. Mm. That always sucked, but people were upset about that for some reason. <laughs> uh, and even just like teams, they changed it so before you would all have to be the same color roughly. Right. But now the outline of their body glows the color of your team. Mm. So they like solved it. Right. So you can be whatever costume you want while still knowing who is on your team and it looks good and you can tell. And it just, I don't know, it's like the ultimate multiplayer game basically. Yeah. Like you just sit down and play it. There, You can use fucking literally any controller you want. Mm-hmm. Single Joy-Con, dual Joy-Cons. Pro controller, GameCube controller, any combination of any of those to make eight people, like you can totally do it. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know. It's just, it's made for multiplayer. Like that's right. what it is. I think the Wii U version, you could use your 3DS, right? You could, yeah, you could. Because they understood, like, their 3DS, yeah. I mean, like, having eight controllers is, is like, not exactly the easiest thing in the no, world to do. Uh, so they understand that, like, not everyone's going to have eight controllers. So, like, it's made so, like, a group of people can get together and somehow, some way, be able to, to play that game. So. Yeah. No, it, it is, as I said, it's the most fun I've had playing a Smash game. Yeah. And I am still playing it. Mm-hmm. I usually play it, like, once a day or something because I have been trying to beat classic mode with one character a day. Okay. It's like 10 minutes at most. And that's kind of like the arcade. Yeah, and I am nowhere near done because there's 73 characters. Yeah. So in about two months, I'll be done. Yay. <laughs> we'll see. I did, actually, I did a lot on the car up to my grandparents on Christmas. but mm. Your mom drove and you just kind of rode and played. I did. I played Smash. Played Smash. And Willie slept. Yes, <laughs> Willie did sleep. Yeah. I, but it's also like I don't. It's so easy in classic mode. Yeah. I don't have to focus, so I like talk to my mom for most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I still I play online a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. I like it. Multiplayer action. How is the online after you bought the, the Ethernet adapter? One on one, it is pretty good. Mm-hmm. More than one on one, it is no longer good mm-hmm. because it is trying to mix all those connections together. Right. So like. It also is, it's crazy. Like, if someone comes in to spectate, it adds their connection in. So, like, you can lag someone out by fucking coming to spectate. (laughs) Shit is wild. But if I'm doing one-on-one, it's fine. Well, Nukio has another, has one of those Ethernets He does, and so does Scott and Scott's brother, who is normally who I play with. Mm -hmm. Um it doesn't help. Mm. They, I think there are known issues with the four-player multiplayer, because one of the first patches was, like tried to make the stability better in a four-player multiplayer match and you can do eight players my dude that would be the worst experience of all time i assume it's it's pvp yes it is see like one-on-one pvp is works great it does when you add more people it has to be a server i know and they don't have that so that's why it sucks and it sucks because you're paying nintendo to be able to connect to other people peer to peer. Yeah, it's awful. I yeah, know it, their whole it, online system sucks shit. Yeah, yeah. But I can play Nuki on one on one. Right. And it feels yes okay. Mm-hmm. Like there is still a decent amount of delay, but it at least is like bearable, and you know that it will be constant in that scenario. But yeah, like fucking playing random people online is the worst experience ever. Like Willie had to come down here the other day to check on me because I was screaming so much. I beat this dude as jig- he was Jigglypuff. 
and I beat him, and he had over, like, five times my global smash points, which is insane. And I beat him pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And then the next match, it is literally lagging out to the point where I literally can do nothing, and he is able to rest me for free no matter what. Mm. It's like, this is the worst experience I've ever had online. I hate this game. And then I fought him later, and I beat his ass. But I'm, it was so bad. Mm-hmm. And it's totally random. Yikes. And you could easily lag yourself out in a peer-to-peer scenario. Mm. No one would ever be able to know. Well, you so, know. I knew. <laughs> uh, it, it's usually pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious when you have a flawless connection, and then the yeah. next one, it's like, whoa! And you're like, this sucks. Mm. And if you... This is where it gets crazy. So this... If you fucking lag out and, like, you lose connection, you can get banned mm. for a certain amount of time. For rage quitting. But you're not. Yeah, like, no, it's yeah, your yeah. connection. So, like, you, especially if it's the other person, like, it counts for both of you. Mm-hmm. So, like, you get penalized for that because they have no way of telling because it's not on their fucking server. Right. Who disconnected. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. The actual multiplayer portion, perfectly great. I love local Smash. Mm-hmm. The online could use some work. Which is pretty much what you could say about every single Nintendo game ever made. <laughs> it is. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Someday. I, and, you actually, know what? No, just kidding. Splatoon? Uh, Splatoon is actually really good. And Mario Kart. Yeah. But what I was going to say is someday they'll learn their lesson, but that's a lie because they won't. Splatoon. They need to meet with Splatoon and be like, how yeah. did you do this? Also, Splatoon... When they put out patch notes, it's like the most specific thing I've ever read. Mm. They've patched Smash and we're like, hey, we changed these characters. <laughs> What'd you do? What did you do? People yeah. still don't know what changed about Donkey Kong. Still. <laughs> Weeks later. Yeah. Did they change anything or did they just write his name on accident? <laughs> Who fucking knows? Yeah. God damn. They were doing that at the end of the Wii U Smash and people literally had to data mine the game mm. to figure out the difference. Before major tournaments. Yeah. What? Mm. Yeah, Nintendo has some special stuff. But yeah. this game, they make fun local multiplayer games, I will say that. Yes. Yes. All right. What do you got for yours? Super Mario Party. All right. <laughs> that's it, all i have to say about this it's a fun it is fun yes it's dumb fun it is dumb don't fun. take it too seriously it doesn't matter if you win or lose i know it sounds it deeply, lame it deeply matters if you win or lose just have fun with it we try my best <laughs> we played my family we played because my sister and her husband got a switch and they mm-hmm. got mario party we played that with you know a family sure i lost both times even though i probably won all the mini games and i was uh-huh. I, I am definitely considerably better than them uh-huh. but i i you know just dumb bullshit happens uh, yes. and just but like if you get mad it's stupid mario party the mini games are fun Yes, in most cases there. I feel like there are not enough of them. Yeah, even though there are, what, 80? There are, like, more than there usually are, but it, for some reason it feels like there are not as many, and I don't know why that is. Mm-hmm. And it might be because now you might play mini games too often, as opposed to before where you barely played them at all, like in the last couple. I think it's just because you play so many, you see them a lot quicker, yeah. and so it makes it seem like there aren't as many. There are still, like, 80 is a lot. Yes. It's just... Which we always play 10 rounds. Yeah. Which they do need to fix it. You should not play the same minigame twice in a 10-round game. It should be illegal. 
But that would happen to it. Like that's what that's crazy. That's and where that, like that's just that, like bad randomization. Yes. Because you could easily just tell it to take that stage out. Yeah, exactly. Smash does the same fucking thing. There's 103 stages, man. The fact that we played the same stage twice in a row is actually impossible. Like we're we like won the lottery in yeah. playing this stage twice in a row. It's less than one percent. <laughs> yeah, like that's insane. Yeah. So uh, that's my only really that in the fact that the online is so bad that I didn't even bother to get the game. There is no, like you can't actually play the real game online, and there's no reason you can. You can fucking like play a mini game only competition. Mm-hmm. If you can do that, that's the hard part. That's the part where the connection would be hard to make. Yeah. The part where it's four fucking separate people on a board where nothing happens and input doesn't matter. One why person is that is the go, part? One person moves at a time. Why is that the part yeah, that yeah. was hard to make? Yeah. Why did you not do that? I mean, And it's also, that game is weird in particular because they added so much to Mario Tennis. Yes. They keep adding stuff to Smash and there will be DLC. Like they added stuff to Splatoon. Mm-hmm. They added stuff to fucking Mario Odyssey. And they have made no inkling that they will add anything else to Mario Party. Yeah. And I feel like they should. Like they're it sold really well. Like there is no reason why they would be like, ah, oh, well, we'll just throw this one in the dumpster. They updated arms. Mm. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean it, they, it needs another stage. At least one more. At least. Which I, you don't... How do you feel about the smaller stages? I like it. It is. I think it's good and bad at the same time. Because it is good that you see more of what the board has to offer. And like the things that are special to the board matter. But they are too small. In the fact that like you can get around the board like no questions asked. Especially if you get multiple allies and you're mm-hmm. using special dice. Like it's really easy to just go around and around right. and around. Um... And sometimes that is to the detriment of the game because, like, in some cases you can get two stars in one turn. Yes. But the game should also be randomizing that in a way where they can't let that happen. Yeah. That, but I think with these smaller stages, I think the game, it wants you to play ten rounds. Yes. And if it was big stages with ten rounds, then only, like, two people get stars. And then that would be the end of the game. But like, so I, I would argue with the smaller stages, it allows a lot more stars to be in play, so it's a closer game. But like the original Mario Party, the maps are way bigger than they are in this. Yes, and you still get a lot of stars. But that's twenty rounds. That's twice as long. It is, but it could be twenty rounds. Like you, you could change the number. You could, but like I think ten rounds is the perfect amount of time. It is the perfect game. amount of time, but also they could do things to make it so that it takes about the same amount of time. Like, some of the animations are... Unnecessary. Absurd. Like, when uh, Kamek changes the spaces from the bad to the super bad, and he individually goes to each fucking, like, yo, dog, why did we need to see Mm -hmm. this? You could just show me a fucking zoom out of the board, Mm -hmm. and we lose 30 seconds of animation. Like, they could speed up stuff that way, too. But, I mean, the game, even when you play 10 rounds, it's as estimated an hour. I would guess it takes 40 to... 50 minutes yeah if everyone's paying attention and going mm-hmm. at the right time yeah where like a two a 20 turn game usually takes an hour and a half it usually takes about twice as long yeah so i mean it cuts the time in half to the point where i i don't even want to play a 20 round game anymore uh, yeah i mean like i could simplify that to, i don't really want to be playing mario party I'll come at the you. same time but like <laughs> no i get what you mean like yeah, that, yeah. that would be like too long yes almost yeah. Where like this is the perfect amount of time, the perfect amount of rounds, 
And because of that, they needed to make the boards smaller. Yes. To compensate that. So that's why I think, like, the smaller boards, I like it. Because it just kind of makes it so you're likely to get more stars in a game. Yeah, yeah. Or if it was ten rounds in a standard Mario Party map, you'd only get a couple stars among all four people. Yeah, yeah. And then it would just come down to whoever got the bonus stars. Mm-hmm. And that is that usually happens. Anyways, yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, So my number two is a game that we kind of already talked about, and that's Overcooked Two. Yep. So I mean, we already talked about Overcooked. Yeah, it is more Overcooked, except now you can throw things, so it's slightly more insane. Yes. (laughs) And then my number one is Mario Tennis. Okay. Yeah. And something we've already talked about. So. Yep. So yeah. we can kind of just move on from there. Yeah. The then next, we're at the biggest disappointment. disappointment. I can't wait to talk about this. I, so my favorite category. I, Normally, I don't have like huge disappointments. This year, we got three that I am like, "What the fuck happened here?" I have an idea of what your number. Yeah, one is everybody be. does, because boy. But uh, my number three is a game that I, I had just talked, I just played in the last couple of weeks. I didn't want to talk about it because I knew I'd talk about it here. Okay. And that is uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. And. But were you. Okay, so this is my thing. Did you think you were going to like it anyways? It's complicated because at the beginning of the year, I was excited and I thought I was going to really like it. Okay. And then I saw the reviews and I saw I was getting these flawless reviews. And then as I read the reviews, I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this. Uh-huh. And then I, and then I just kind of let the dust settle. I decided I'd pick up the game to give it a try. I started playing it, and I really liked it. Interesting. The first three hours, I find it was amazing. I fucking hate that part. See, for me, it's very linear. It's it's very focused, and I really just kind of enjoyed that part. But, like, uh, something in games, if they are slow-paced, it makes me want to die. See, the slow... Trudging through that snow is unbearable. Everything about the way he moves is slow. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why I just... I don't like playing Red Dead in general, is because, like... Everything has an animation, and you can't cancel a fucking goddamn thing of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, you just... So, this is why, like, I, I yeah, can't yeah, say yeah. this game was a disappointment for me, because I felt the same way about the original Red Dead, and right. I knew I would feel this way. But it just, like, everything has an animation, and everything takes longer than it should. Going to missions takes forever, and, like, and yeah. I haven't I haven't gotten to... Continue your... Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know, I, I get what you're saying, yeah. but, like, that did not bother me like i enjoyed the very focused the very linear aspect of that okay it was once you hit the open world that i just stopped having fun Mm. because at that point it's like (laughs) you're playing but you're like you're not doing the like the gameplay no no shooting the the, gameplay yes the core loop yes and once you kind of get to that open world, then it's like, oh, awesome! I get to ride fifteen hour, uh, fifteen minutes. No, out. it. Well, let's be honest. It was fifteen. Hours. It was. It, it felt. Forever. It feels fifteen hours over to a mission to do one little thing, and then I have to ride fifteen minutes back. So, like, one mission takes forty minutes, and thirty of it is just me tapping X as I'm just 
But imagine if you did that for over a hundred hours. Exactly. I exactly. I, I played this game for less than ten hours. I really liked the linear three hours. I think if this game was a twenty hour linear tight experience with like a lot of the story beats, it would be my game of the year. But instead, I just it I didn't want it to be open world. This is not a game that should be an open world, and I know that's controversial to say because <laughs> Because it's a whole like that's that, its whole thing. Right. But like I but guess, you get what I'm saying, right? No, I, I, yeah, of course I do. Because, like, fucking... If you're going to make an open-world game... You I, have you to be fun. It has you, to be fun. You can't make me ride 15 minutes in a fucking straight line. Mm-hmm. And then if I accidentally veer off to the side, I fail the mission. Yeah. And a lot of the missions early on, it was, like, me just, like, robbing... Robbing, like, like collecting the, the debts and stuff. And I just didn't feel good about it. You don't have to do those. Except for one of them. Yeah, there's. The, I, I just didn't feel good about a lot of the stuff I was doing They're early bad on. People. Yes, they are. Which I, I I recognize what happens later on. Yes, there's a clear story arc that we'll mm-hmm. talk about probably later on. I yeah. I assume so. Uh, just I didn't like that, and just I I just don't think writing feels good. I don't like the fact that you have to tap X constantly. I fucking I this is. My, like, I, people were always like, oh, Red Dead is so good. It was like, I could not possibly hate riding a horse more in this game. It would be impossible. But then they did it in two because you have to fucking tap X so goddamn often. Yeah. And you can turn that off, I guess, like in the accessibility settings. But like, I assume so that you, you just have hold to... it. But then how would you speed it up? Does it just gradually, is it like a car? The longer you hold down X, the faster you go? I don't know. Because it doesn't work that way. No. And then... I don't know. The part that really just kind of broke me... I was in the town Valentine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, there's my horse. I'm going to hop on it and head out of here. I hopped on the wrong horse by accident. That's right. Can't do that. And then then I just got, like, gunned down and shot. Because I was stealing a horse that... It was a brown horse with white. That was my horse, okay? It was a complete accident. So then I had a bounty on my head. So I was like, God damn it. I was trying to play this game as clean as I could for as long as I could. So then I was like, I guess I'll just go to the post office and pay this off. And then I accidentally bumped into somebody. And now, oh, I got to fight somebody because I accidentally bumped into them. Yeah. And then as I was just like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't like shooting in this game. I don't like fighting in this game. It does not feel good. You want to talk about best feeling games? This is like one of the worst feeling games I've played. And then I, so I just said, I'm not going to engage with him. And then he killed me and I just went, I'm done with this game. The first three hours were amazing. Which I know you don't agree with. so bad. That was where I like, I was starting and I was like, dude, I went into this with the most positive mindset because I like, I don't want to hate it. Mm -hmm. And it was just like. Oh, I didn't. Holy shit, dude. If this continues this way, mm-hmm. I won't be able to make it out of this portion of the game. Wow. I really had to push myself. Like, I that is the most negative start to a game I could have possibly imagined. It, but what it, I'm talking more conceptually if they kept it very focused. I didn't even hate the missions where it was you going off with another person. And at least on the ride, you had a conversation to listen to. I mean, to. you always have a conversation to listen to, but that doesn't make that... 
at a certain good po- gameplay. No, no. But at least it gives you something. And then there's like fucking there's a whole bunch of missions where not even a whole bunch, like two or three. Where they will randomly teleport you there. Mm-hmm. With no exp- like no reasoning why this is the one. Like just right. some fucking random one off mission. And it's like, why is there not an option yeah. for me to be like do this? Because eventually you know the characterization of all the characters. And like yes. while it is kind of cool to still learn some more minute details of their lives, it is, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Right. And I get that they were going for a very specific cinematic thing, but it does not work in this framework. No. Like it doesn't, it should not be that way. If it, if it's going to be an open world game, like I like a story based game and I'm okay with gameplay not being tremendous i mean i really like uncharted i really like the Unchar- or the yakuza series mm-hmm. but it needs to be a tight experience throughout which this just is not it's no. it i don't know yeah it's just not for me and i i was it was a very roller coaster ride for me and then i was like oh maybe i get i get what people are saying about this game i get it and then i started to play the actual game and i was like I don't get it anymore. Yeah, no, I do not get what anyone says about that game. Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts. Yes. So my number two is uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Okay. It's just... I guess I could have predicted this one. Yes. It's not a bad game. No, but like compared to the other two that you really liked, yeah. I assume it's rough. It's not even where it's rough. It's just... It's just not as good. You expect. No, but I don't even mean it's rough. I mean, like, it's rough in your perspective that, like, you really like oh, these yeah, previous yeah. two games, and then the third one is, like, this middling thing that seems like they were kind of just like, well, we, ha- we gotta make a third one. Well, we gotta make a third one, and the studio that's making these games, we have a better project for them. <laughs> so we're gonna give this to a lesser studio, and it's the, the, the final in the trilogy. That you just throw off to some other studio. It'd be like Mass Effect just giving Mass Effect 3 to another studio. And saying, like, here, finish. Which, I mean, like, I'm not... that with Andromeda, don't worry. <laughs> yes. But that's what... Imagine Andromeda was 3 or something. And that's, that's how they capped off the trilogy or something. It's just like... And it's not... It's just not as tight. It's just not as fun to play. The story is not as great. It's not as polished. Um, it, it seems like they played Uncharted and they were like, these set pieces are really cool. We should put a lot of set pieces in this game. But the thing about Uncharted is those set pieces are usually really easy. And they give you a lot of leeway with them. Where this, like, I I would say every single set piece I died two or three times. Just because the controls just weren't there. It was expecting a precision that the game just did not have. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen those set pieces in Uncharted multiple times. But after the first time, they're not cool anymore. No. And when you're doing them two, three times every single time, it starts to grate on you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And also, just we talked about the way that game ended. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Special stuff. Yes. It's a fun game to... I enjoyed the stealth some. But... And I, I wouldn't call it a bad game. 
No, but it's definitely like disappointing yes. for you as someone who yes. liked this franchise. Which I, I get. Which I talked about the top ten. Like I, I thought this game was going to be in my top three at the end of the year. Yeah. It's not even going to be in my top ten. Yeah. So that's that's how disappointing it is. And my final one is a game that I've talked about multiple times today. Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I remember you really wanted to like this. Yeah. I really just wanted them to tell me what it was, and then they didn't ever. And uh... Well, they did have that beta. Yeah, and I was really hoping that there was a lot more to it. Yes. There wasn't. There isn't. I mean, we have already talked about the big issue with this game. It's that all the upgrades, everything you're working towards is cosmetic. cosmetic. It has no like actual gameplay difference. Yeah. It has no gameplay difference, and it's all first person, so you can't even see the <laughs> the, the, the cosmetic differences. Yeah. So the thing, that, like, I assumed that this was going to be like a living game type thing where they updated it a lot. And I think they and pretty have. frequently. I don't think that they do it frequently. I don't like. Know. I know that I, I last I heard, which maybe just like sites stopped covering it, but they had the one big update where you could they unlocked the like Kraken raid boss thing mm-hmm. or whatever, and that was the last I remember hearing about it at all. And it seems like the kind of thing where they spend so much time in development that they wouldn't just like leave it to die and flounder like they would try to make it into the game that people mm-hmm. seem to want it to be. But I just don't know that they're even doing that. Yeah, I don't... Like, I, I hope that they didn't just move on, because it's not like Rare's gonna make some other fucking masterpiece. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just... I played it for a little bit, which I also... Just because I'm the only one who has, like, an Xbox and was playing it, like, I had to play by myself, and that makes it even worse. I So, like, I... Luckily, I have Game Pass, so I just downloaded it for, you know, the $10 a month or whatever... I at least got to try it. I'm not like upset that I spent sixty. If I spent sixty dollars on this game, I'd be very, very upset. But because I had Game Pass, I'm just disappointed because I just really like Rare as yeah. a studio. I just like, really like pirates, and I like pirates. Pirates yeah. are cool. So I like everything about this game should speak to me personally, mm-hmm. and it just nothing I ever saw about it was like. I have to play this or like yeah. I want to play this and then everything that came out about it was so negative mm. that it just I don't I don't know man. Yeah. I didn't even like enjoy watching streams of people playing. No. It. I remember like when the first game first released that streamer like broke the system where he had like other people collecting all the loot for him and bringing it to him to the point where like he broke the game and like completed the game and what was it like five hours or something he was like, like the first person to do something yeah. and got his weird secret hideout which yeah. all it did was unlock the ability for him to do slightly more complex <laughs> gathering missions right when it's like whoa that's the end game huh mm. cool cool yeah that is it's a disappointing game because it is a studio that hasn't released anything this generation if you don't count rare replay mm-hmm their last game was what? Viva Pinata, which would have been a Their very... last game was Connect Sports. Mm. So there was not really a good track record in place for. I, I think the biggest issue with this studio is a lot of people have been. They, like, they are not that studio anymore. Yeah. And, like, that's what I think is a bummer is, like, people keep expecting them to make these huge like kind of cutesy fun things but like they're not that studio anymore they don't have those people and microsoft obviously doesn't want them to be that studio anymore otherwise they wouldn't be doing this stuff 
Yeah. So it's just strange all around. I'm really kind of curious to see what Microsoft's going to do next gen. Because you've got us be seeing Nintendo and Sony really doing well with the the first the single player narratives or not necessarily narrative but just like the single player stuff with mm-hmm. God of War, Spider-Man, Zelda, Mario and then you have Microsoft that's really pushing the multiplayer and it's just not working for them. No, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's rough. But yep, that's uh that's my top 3. I have a pretty good idea of what two of them are. All right. Number 3 is Digimon Story, Cyber Sleuth, colon, Hacker's Memory. Yeah, this game fucking sucks. <laughs> I, like, I loved Cyber Sleuth. It was so fun. Like, it was just, I like collecting the Digimon. I like digivolving them. The plot was okay. Like, it wasn't fucking groundbreaking or anything, but it was okay. Right. This game could not possibly be more boring. It is taking place simultaneously with the original Cyber Sleuth, except they remind you every 30 seconds that you are some random NPC dude who has no personality and you what you're doing doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. It's like, what a way to get me invested in the character. I can't wait to experience the cool events from the other game I already played, except as a third-party observer that doesn't matter. Right. And that's just all the game is. The plot at no point is exciting. It is all just weird like random hacker missions that don't mean anything and have no purpose and seem like filler episodes in an anime Mm. except that's the whole game right and so like the core gameplay is still there but it wasn't even as exciting to level up the digimon because it's like i'm not gonna do anything that's cool ever with this there will be no point when my character matters or we do anything worthwhile and it there just wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like I could have been surprised by that because they basically tell you up front that your character is meaningless and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so it just is the same game, except it has more Digimon in it, except that you matter less as a character. And it, you revisit the exact... Like, everything is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. The models are the same. The areas are the same. Everything is the same. Except for the out of world, like the real world experience where you are a character who doesn't fucking matter. And they set up what is actually an interesting plot and then don't follow through with it at all, even a little bit. They make these characters that would be interesting and they just throw it right in the garbage can. And it really bothers me the way the girl character was treated in that game. Because her whole plot was, like, super sad and pretty good, and they just bungled the entire fucking thing. And so I'm so glad. I saw a lot of people were upset that their next game will not be a Digimon Cyber Sleuth game. It's a fucking turn-based strategy game. Mm. Like Final Fantasy Tactics. 100%. Give me that shit. I want nothing to do with Cyber Sleuth. They cannot make another one. It will be great. Like, and it was annoying because they went from Cyber Sleuth to remaking a like new version of Digimon World, mm-hmm. and it was awesome and unique. And then they were like, "Oh, but like now it's Cyber Sleuth again." But it was like, "What? Did you guys just not have enough time to develop this, or like what happened?" Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just wow. It was bad all around. Same developer, exact same t- t- team. That's yeah. It sounds like they just didn't have an idea, so they just kind of went with the exact same thing. Yeah, and like it's not even like they're using the same models in that new strategy game. They're all like weird 2D hand-drawn sprites. 
that I don't know if that's actually coming out here yet. The, usually they come out in like February or March is right. when they throw them to die because they apparently have no faith in them. Uh, I I don't know if that one comes out here then or if it's <laughs> I don't even think it's out in Japan yet. But it looks cool. I will play right. that. I'm very excited. Uh, and then number two is Octopath Traveler and, yeah. because I like it should be my jam it should be the kind of game that like i loved and would put on my top 10 list for the year i wouldn't even consider it it's so strange because you have these eight characters and like that is the whole conceit and they join a party together and then they like hardly ever interact at Mm -hmm. all and like their stories don't intersect none of it means anything and so what gets me is you can't even just focus on like one or two people's stories because of the way they made the level requirements for the chapters. Like I had to go around and collect all eight characters to be at the appropriate level to start chapter two for any character. Mm-hmm. And then they don't gain experience at the same time. They only gain experience if they're in your party. So you can only have four people at once. So that means if you're going around collecting all these characters, it, you got to keep at least one in to try to get them up to the level that they would need to be for their second chapter. And so I did a lot of the second chapters for most of the characters and was like in a place where I was like, okay, I like these stories. I'll keep doing this. And then I wasn't at a high enough level to start the next chapter. And so I tried to do it being like, oh, maybe I can and just get absolutely obliterated. Mm -hmm. And so it's like these level requirements are hindering the experience. The fact that the combat never really evolves okay over a certain point so you're just playing the same combat over and over and it does get interesting when you can give them secondary classes and you try to mix and match and like you can do new interesting combos with that but it never evolves to be more than that either and so i think that this company has a good framework for what they are doing and I bet if they make another game, they will take the criticism they got on this one very seriously and make something that is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe this game is a good stepping stone for them to make the next really cool big-budget mm-hmm. thing like this. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. You didn't really get into... I, I thought your biggest issue was just how pointless the characters are. Like, there's they don't interact with that, one that another. That is true, and, like, I also... I can't fall asleep when I'm doing something generally. Like, if I am, like, even remotely and get vested in, like, a TV show or something, I can't fall asleep. Or even, like, while listening to a podcast or something, I won't fall asleep. I fell asleep twice playing this game. Like, actively in the middle of the story. It just... I found some of it to be so boring. And I don't know why that is, because some of the characters are pretty interesting. But it just... By the time you get around to the next chapter of that character's story, when you've done literally everyone else's, you barely—I barely even remembered what the fuck was going on. Right. And they don't do a good job of recapping that. They have the equivalent of the the Tales of series. They have these weird vignettes called the, they're just events, and it has like their four character portraits, and they have like weird off kilter conversations that usually don't involve the story. Mm-hmm. This game has that too, where one character will like interact with another one that you've gotten. They'll be like, "Oh, that was a weird scenario, huh?" Where you talked to this person, it was like you weren't even there. Like you weren't <laughs> even there in the fucking scene. Yeah. How do you, were you just like watching from the bushes? Like what the fuck happened here? And then people seem to think that it was going to come together in the end, and I guess it does in some way, but not 
in a way that actually makes it seem like they were one cohesive party. Right. I assume at the end they all fight some shared bad guy that is causing damage to the world or whatever, but it just is not... I don't know. Like, it very much should have been the kind of thing that I would have loved a lot, mm-hmm. and it just was not at all. So, very strange. Oh. Yeah. I, I I knew that was going to be on your list, and then I know what this last one is. The most disappointing game of the year is Nino Kuni 2. And I tried my best, man. I would have said a couple months ago that it was just average in every way. I actually can't say that now. I think that game sucks in almost every facet. Like, I actively hate it. Wow. Now. I cannot stand it. Like, thinking about it makes me so mad that I just, like, every facet of it to me was bungled in a way that, like, it never should have been. And I don't get it. Because it's not like Level 5 just made this game in a fucking vacuum. It is the sequel to a game that I thought was amazing. And so part of what I think actually made this not great is Studio Ghibli, the famous anime studio that makes all kinds of movies that everyone loves, like My Neighbor Totoro and shit like that, the Howl's Moving Castle, all those things, Princess Mononoke, whatever, the, all the famous anime right. films. And they had their animation style in hand all over the first game. Like, the cutscenes were all super well animated, their characters had, like, a sense of personality, and they were like they were from Studio Ghibli films. Studio Ghibli had nothing to do with this game. And that is so clear. There are so many of the scenes where they f- barely animate. The animation is not anywhere near as good as it was in the first one, which was a fucking PS3 game. It doesn't even look as good as that. Hmm. And it just... The characters, none of them are interesting, in my opinion. Or the ones that are interesting, they start off trying to have them be these interesting characters and then just literally never, ever follow through in the entire plot. Yeah, I didn't... I played this game, and very early on, I did not care about any of the characters. No, and like, I, you don't even get to know any of them, really. I really can't think of... I remember there was the President of the United States. I don't even remember their names. I don't remember his name. I don't remember the main The main character's name is Evan. It's the only one I remember. And... I think the President's name might have been Roland or something. Roland? Roland. That's not... Yeah, there you go. That sounds... That sounds familiar. And then there was, like, the evil Rat King. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, the story just... I, I... I don't think I would say it's one of the worst games I played this year because it's definitely not. It sounds like you would say it is. I would say that, yeah. But like for me, it was just like the combat was average at best. The story was I didn't care about it, which I I can say that about a lot of games. That's yeah. not any No. The characters are forgettable, which once again I can say that about a lot of games. Um I didn't like the way the overworld looked. Mm, the first one was kind of like that too so mm-hmm. I don't, that is uh, that one doesn't matter to me I, i'm just saying like for me personally yeah uh the rts was just like a really bad it basic rts sucks i and then there was the base building which was just like just a fucking just, overblown mobile game i was gonna say download a mobile game a shitty like, let's mobile go game play clash of clans because it might as well be that 
I play uh, what is it, Ages of Empires, and yeah. you'll have a better time with them. Like this, it, it, just... it is. This game is so disappointing for me twofold, and it's because Level Five is one of my all-time favorite developers. Like I love what they do with Yokai Watch. I love Inazuma Eleven when they develop Dragon Quest Eight. That is one of the best Dragon Quest games that there fucking is. Like even White Knight Chronicles, which I didn't even really like, is a better game than this game. Mm-hmm. They have this thing in a lot of their recent games where they try to add so many different systems and then none of them really mesh well together and none of them are as fleshed out as they could be. Right. And it just... Like, why don't you just pick a couple right? and go with that? Yeah, for me, I need something to latch onto and there was just nothing to latch onto other than the fact that it was just kind of like... This game is easy, this game is simple, and I guess it I could be playing something that's worse. That was the only reason why I made it as far as I did, which I played the game for probably 20 to 30 hours, which is a considerable long time for me. Usually if I play that long, I have intentions of finishing a game, and I just... I was just playing it because it's just like... I guess i'll just keep doing this because it's easy and at least it, if it was hard and i couldn't get through the parts i mean like it, it would have just i don't know and so like the other half of it is i love the original nino kuni right and i love those characters like mr drippy is such a memorable character and the weird stand-in for mr drippy in this doesn't even have more than like 10 voiced lines in the game he's like largely unvoiced and has no personality Ooh. The fucking yellowhead guy with the red shirt. Oh. Hmm. Like, he just had no actual personality and didn't matter to the overall plot at all. And so, people like to trash on the first game for being, like, kind of slow and being, like, a weird Pokemon clone thing. I like that. Like, that is what I come to that kind of stuff for, is I like collecting monsters and stuff like that. And even the combat I thought was interesting, and you have to, like, build your strategy. This... People will always be like, oh, we'll just like set it to a harder difficulty. Dude, there was. If your base. There wasn't at launch either. I was going to say. If your base difficulty is like, I could literally mash my face on the controller and beat any enemy, like, that's bad design. Right. And then to have people be like, oh, we'll just like stop upgrading your weapons and like stop getting stronger. Like, well, what the fuck is the purpose of that, man? That's. Yeah. I'm going to cut out hard, huge swaths of this game's mechanics to try to have a slightly harder time. And let me fucking tell you, man, if the combat was harder, certainly wouldn't have been better That's because what I, there's uh, nothing to it it's like the most advanced thing is a fucking three hit combo that's what I was kind of wondering. Like, I know they added that harder hard mode, but that doesn't fix that. Like, there problem. is no world where that makes the combat better. No. It would just become frustrating and bad. <laughs> yeah, like adding frustrating and bad to a, just a boring game. And so I think they put out the first part of the DLC for that game, like the first part of the season pass. I've not heard a single goddamn person talk about that game. And what really drives me nuts is I would see people talking about this game in the most positive light I could have possibly seen, mm-hmm. being like, I wish all modern RPGs were like this. Yeah. I would want to die, because like that is the genre that I love. And yeah. it's not even like this is some fucking insane revolutionary change for the genre. It's just a bad action RPG. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first one wasn't even an action RPG, and it was like more strategy-oriented with these monsters that you were had under your control... It just is not good. 
No. I don't get it. And I love level five games, so it's a bummer for me to say that. And I really love the first game, so it's a bummer for me to say that this one is not good. Mm-hmm. It just took all the personality and charm, siphoned it right out, and made this hollow game with boring combat. And then, like, at the end, they try to make you care about all these characters, and it's like, you didn't earn a single bit of this. So it's, like, actually funny how little I care about this ending. It's just very weird. So, yeah, Nino Kuni 2, not my favorite game. No, why did you keep playing it? Because I had to beat it. Okay. I was hoping that there was some point where it would suck me back in. Also, it wasn't very long, and it wasn't like I was like gonna have trouble beating it. Right. That was that's the thing. Like it's so easy. Yeah. That it, you're just like I guess I can keep playing this until it hit a yeah, point where I, I had did, to like grind. I did like almost every quest. Like mm. I, it just yeah. So I can't. No one can say I didn't give it a fair shot. Yeah. Because I, mean, I fucking did almost everything that game had to offer. So yeah, that's. All right. Now the exact opposite. Yes, the, the, surprise. the best surprise. Yeah. All right. So my number three is CrossCode. Okay. It was in early access last year, and uh, Scott's brother Ryan told me that I would like it, and I was like, I don't know, man, whatever. It just looks like this pixel art game, action game thing, whatever. And so then I finally picked it up this year because it was in, uh, it was out of early access, and it just is, it's good. I, I don't know. Like, it was like... A single dude and a couple other people in Germany, they're German developers, that made this game. And for how small of a team it was that worked on it, like, it's pretty impressive and has a lot of content. Mm-hmm. The combat is very tight. Like, it feels good. Uh, and it just is an interesting concept. And I, I would have beaten it, but I will not beat it by the end of the year because I decided this would be the game that I would just stream whenever I felt like streaming. Right. So I'll usually at least stream it once a week. Um, I see that sometimes you play like a couple hours and you'll just release two episodes at once. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like the one of the last times I played, I played for like six hours straight or something. Mm-hmm. So it, it is enjoyable. Right. Uh, and I like it a lot. And so I was expecting it to be like average and not really, I wouldn't care about it that much, but mm-hmm. I did really like it a lot. Yes. And um, now that's the one that it's like the MMO. Yeah, it's like a fake MMO action thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it. I just didn't expect to like it at all. Yeah, I did. No. And so that's where my number two comes in is Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Oh, yeah. I fully expected to just, like, play this game and then not like it at all and want to go play regular Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily feel that way. I did get kind of burnout halfway through, but I don't know that that was through any fault of the games. Like, it's just like I've done this... I've gone through Kanto so many right. times. But I fully expected it to just be, like, some weird throwaway experience in between... To I, real Pokemon games. I mean, and I, it is. It was good, and I, I right. totally expected to not like it, and I did actually. Yeah, I think you were probably among a lot of people that were like, "This is gonna be kind of like shitty Pokemon Go." Yeah. In very easy and baby mode, and it kind of is. It kind of like, is, but like it just was fun. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just... Like I had a good time the first night. I fully intended to play it for like an hour and then continue to play Red Dead, and mm-hmm. I played it for like twelve hours or something straight. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Which at that point you're more than halfway through the game right? yeah so i it, yeah it was just an enjoyable experience that i did not expect to enjoy that much yes that is one nice thing because we've played through that those games so much 
we pretty much know all the ins and outs. Yeah. So we can really kind of maximize where, like, I think I beat the game in probably, like, 15 to 16 hours. Yeah. I don't know how long it took for you. Yeah, but... like 20 maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, and then my number one best surprise was the Tetris effect. Oh. I did not expect to, like, like it, and I yeah. also didn't even realize it was coming out this year, I guess. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, people talked about it at E3, but it was not, like, on my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just good, uh, and I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did, especially because I didn't play it in VR or anything, which I still would like to do and probably could. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, yeah, I don't know. It's a good Tetris experience, and I also didn't expect to, like, play it more than the one time. Right. And I play it every so often just because it's a fun, relaxing experience. And I she was just pleasantly surprised by how well it worked. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not a big Tetris guy myself. Mm-hmm. But I can at least acknowledge that, like, this is a, this is more than just another Tetris game. Yeah, like, it might be my favorite Tetris game, which mm-hmm. is saying a lot because yes. I do actually like Tetris. Right. Um, so, yeah, I didn't expect to like it that much. Right. I thought it was going to be more of, like, a smaller downloadable title which like even though it costs 40 bucks it kind of is that yeah but it has more content than that like they have like right. weekend events and things like that and it is just uh it is cool mm-hmm. so, so yeah. yeah that's so that's your top three best surprises yeah uh my number three is uh dead cells okay i i i it's one it's weird because like i knew this was a good game but i didn't think i would like it mm-hmm. I've never really gotten into the roguelites lights or roguelikes. Mm-hmm. I had played Spelunky for a little bit and just didn't it yeah, didn't, didn't jive with me, me. Oh my god. I just twenty nineteen is gonna be the best year of all time. Continue. Yes. <laughs> uh, where this and I think it's because of the combat and because I am at least I have something that I'm progressing towards where like Spelunky it's just kinda like Get, yeah, you're get get better, getting better yourself. Yes, yeah. but this like it, it. I have something I'm progressing towards, but I'm also like naturally just getting better with the game without even really realizing it. It is a frustrating game in the sense that like I'll have that great run like I had yesterday where I made it further than I've ever made it, and then I won't have a run like that for probably another two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. I and it's just kind of. I make dumb mistakes, I do something stupid, but at least, even when I do that, I'm at least investing my cells into something and I'm working towards yeah, something. Yeah, towards something. And in theory, now I have, I finally just unlocked yesterday the fourth and final um, health jug. Oh, yeah. So now at least I have, you know, more of that, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to start working towards having more money because now i'm having longer and longer runs so like starting the game with six thousand is they also changed the way that the legendary weapons work Mm -hmm. so like now i need way more money whereas Mm. i like never needed it before so now the upgrades cost like a fuck ton and so i had i had never invested in those upgrades oh so now it's a real pain in the ass because like i'll get to a point where it's like hey do you want to upgrade this it costs like twenty thousand, and i'm like what yeah before it would cost like three if that for most of these so yeah that they changed a lot Mm -hmm. in that most recent patch but i don't know that that will be in the ps4 version yet oh yeah i i have no idea it's probably gonna be a while but no i just and it's it's made me realize that 
Maybe this is a genre I should look into more because before, yeah. like, I would hear roguelike or roadlike and just go, that's not for me. I don't care. And to the point where now I'm thinking, like, I really want to try out Hades. I think you would like Rogue Legacy. I just heard the combat's not... It's not great. That's kind of where... But I... I mean, but also you started with Dead Cells, so, like, Mm -hmm. nothing is going to feel good ever again now, so it's ruined. I think Hades, everything I've heard, it's a very tight and feels good It is, and I want to play it so bad, but I also want it to be done. I I want to wait until... Because that sounds like it's going to be much a lot more story. Yes. So I want to wait. So I guess I'm going to wait and hold off until next year, and maybe I'll just keep playing Dead Cells, and hopefully at some point I actually get to beat the game, because that'll feel amazing. I don't know that I'm going to keep playing it now. I think after yesterday and losing to the final boss, I think that was like my final... Hmm. push into it i don't know that i'm gonna keep going now but i did i did i did like it Mm -hmm. um i have a bunch of issues with the way that game is set up i think that i realized yesterday when i was going through it again but it is yeah right it is very good at least it's fun to play yeah like it feels good when you're in the middle of a run it feels feels so good good. and then you die and you're like god damn it yeah so like i went to start another run and then i was like wait i don't want to do that and i just quit (laughs) I found that it's a great podcast game. Yeah, the because problem, you don't have to pay attention no, to the yeah, music or whatever. Yeah. So I just like I have the podcast going in the background. The problem is like a good run is forty five minutes, mm-hmm. and like the podcasts I listen to are like minimum two hours. Yeah. So. But I mean, it at least cuts at least almost half of the podcast down. Mm-hmm. So it, it 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 is one of those games that. I don't think I'm going to play it every day, and I took like a two, three-week break. But I think next year it's going to be a game that I go back to at least a couple times a month, I would guess. Or at least I kind of go back and I play it for a few days. It's not a game that I sit down, I play, and then I'm instantly in another run. Like, I have a run and then I'm done. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, it, it, it at least has made me say that i am willing to try other rogues mm-hmm. out so yeah um my second is assassin's creed odyssey mm-hmm. she uh, played it a lot i i this is the first assassin's creed that i actually liked i've played a few i played origins last year which everyone said it was you know odyssey was similar to origins uh the combat is different enough that i just i didn't like origins it didn't feel quite right Hmm. where this just it feels good i enjoyed the combat and i just kept playing it and i just kept playing it and it's just it was just dumb fun Mm -hmm. sometimes you just want to play something that's just dumb fun i love hyrule warriors yes yeah. So, but yeah, you talked about that a lot through I, our course yeah, of our podcast. So, I, yeah. I, I there's not a lot I can say now no, that I yeah, haven't they, talked yeah, about in the last yeah, couple you of like months. You like that game a lot. So. Yes. So, Makes sense. And and I, I just picked it up because I like ancient Greece, and yeah. I, I, so I was like, I'll give this a try because I will be upset with myself if, if I at least yeah. if I don't at least try it. Mm-hmm. So, I tried it and I I really liked it. Yeah. And then uh, my best surprise was God of War interesting uh at the beginning of the year i just was like i don't care man i knew i was gonna like it a lot at before the when the game was like announced let's say like the beginning of the year did you think you would like it 100 percent. 
Before you even knew what the game was? Well, they said what the game was when they first announced well, yeah, E3. I guess. They basically were like, hey, remember old God of War? Mm-hmm. It's not that. And then they like showed some gameplay, and I was like, wow, this actually doesn't look like something that I will totally hate, and I will mm-hmm. try this no matter what, because North Myth- Norse mythology is super cool. See, like all that sounded cool, but I was like, I had played 3. I didn't like it. I tried it again this year. I knew I that like it would it. be nothing like that, though, especially because David Jaffe was not involved right. anymore, and they... Their whole pitch, even in the E3 interviews that year, was mm-hmm. this will be actually like a more narrative focus, mm-hmm. and I was way more on board with that. That makes sense. Yeah. I guess like I was so checked out that I just didn't even pay attention to that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I didn't pay attention until I started hearing reviews, and it was just like, this is one of the best reviewed games on Metacritic of all time. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to check this game out. And then... People complain about that the start, but I love pretty much every second of that yeah, game. I don't really remember the start, but I mean, I'd... people really complain about the slog up until you get to the lake. Oh yeah, uh, the only part that I specifically remember not liking was the elf place. Uh, yeah, that, that was, was like kind of weird and long, and I just yeah, that was not great. Which that was after you got to yeah, the that's end. after that. So, but like. This wasn't in my moment of the year, but like early on, you have that fight with the stranger. Yeah, that's so uh, good. That's where, like, as soon as I got punched through the house, yeah. I was like, this game rules. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was all on board. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that game sets a tone very early on. Yeah, and it keeps to it, man. Yeah. It's- yeah, I and really just are. the way he taunts you throughout that entire fight, he's just he, you're you're giving him everything you've got, and he's just like, I can't feel a thing. Yeah, I'm very disappointed at you. It, it just at one point you like punch him through a mountain, yeah, or basically, <laughs> he doesn't feel it. Yeah, that fight is probably very anime. Yes, it is, and I was very excited about the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, mm-hmm. when you know about Norse mythology, like, yeah, yeah. his whole thing is yeah, he can't yeah. feel because he can't die. Because yes. Whatever. I. Oh, man. He has the one weakness, which I don't think is actually the weakness that they have in God of War. I can't remember what it actually is, but he, like... Grimbleweed, I think, was yeah, the... I can't remember if it is actually that. I remember it had something to do with a bird. Mm. And then they're like, maybe that's where they got it from. I don't remember. Uh, no, because it was definitely like a brimbleweed or like it was like a No, a I mean green. like they're like talking to it in the actual story. They're like talking mm. to a crow or some shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were talking about two different things. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So like, so that's why I put God of War because like I was not paying attention to this game at all. I had already mentally checked out until I had start seeing reviews and then I was like, okay, maybe I should check this game out. Yeah. So all right so we will then move on to best character yes um uh my or wait do you go first I don't uh yeah i guess yeah. i go first uh my number three it may sound like a bit of a joke character but yeah i really liked him was boomer in far cry 5 okay is that, which one is that the dog okay cool <laughs> yeah. I just I just really like having a dog companion that dogs for you. I also love dogs. Uh, you can pet it, which that automatically makes yeah, it good. Automatically good. Because there are a lot of games that very disappointingly you can't I was pet very it. Very worried we were not gonna be able to pet the dog in, in Detroit, Detroit, but then I could and it was worth it. Mm-hmm. But then like the dog is so helpful. He runs up, grabs a gun from an enemy, and then brings it back to you. 
it's, so then the enemy's just kind of like standing there. So you could literally pick up the gun, his, his gun, and shoot him with it if you wanted okay. to. And I, you could have two animal companions or just two companions. I was rocking Peaches, the mountain lion, and Boomer the dog the entire game. I wanted to have cheeseburger, but like, yeah. sorry, I could only have two. And I've already planned. I don't care who the others are in the new Far Cry game. I'm going to have that dog in this game. He will hop into your car and he, he rides in the passenger seat. Come on, mate. That, yeah. Yes. <laughs> of course I'm going to have that. <laughs> I just love dogs. So yeah. I'm like anytime I can have like a dog companion, I'm going to be into that. I gotcha. Uh, my number two is uh, Aunt May. Okay. From Spider-Man. Yeah, she was very good. Yes, I... That is probably my favorite Aunt May iteration that I've seen. Yeah, I would say so. She was just perfectly supportive. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I think about the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, and, like, that was a really bad Aunt May. It was. And then the Aunt May in... May, what is his name? The... The kid that was not very well liked. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. That one was she. She's a famous actress. I can't think of her name right now. Uh, but she did a pretty good job. I as Aunt actually May. don't remember who Aunt May was in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, Marissa Tomei was alright. She's she's barely in the the, no. the with the new in the Marvel Cinematic no. Universe. Aunt May and Into the Spider Verse. Mm. That is something special. Okay, she, I have to she check. She is out. fucking so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, and they I, did a lot with the character of Aunt May yeah. that I never thought they would have done. Uh, yes, I mean they. I mean she gets her own story arc, but she's just a genuinely great person. Yeah, she's like helping at the homeless shelter and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. she's just it's, it's all good all around. She's I, supportive of Peter and yes. everything, and even though he's like a weird moneyless bum. She, yeah, she, it's just, I'll talk about a moment Another later moment. on. I knew you would. And, but, right. um, God, she's just such a well-written character that is just always there. Like, when he needs a place to stay, she lets him stay in the, uh, in, in the homeless shelter, which, the reason why he doesn't sleep at her home is because they didn't want to have to make, was it Queen's? Yeah. They, they they just flat out said that. They're like <laughs> we didn't have to like have to make queens. Yeah. So that we just had them um, stay at the homeless shelter. Which mm-hmm. I I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Like he having them sl- like making queens just so this one narrative moment that he can sleep can at Aunt May is not worth it probably. Yeah. So. so and it kind of makes sense him to sleep there then go back home as well. Yeah. Cuz you know once you're out going back home and then staying at home because you have no money it, it's kind of embarrassing so yeah but then she like leaves him some money right yeah i she knew he was broke I yes yes and then she also knew spoil well, yeah. you know well, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about it later so that's my number two and my number one is Cassandra from Assassin's Creed. Okay. What it makes me appreciate Cassandra is the fact that it's the same character as... God, I can't even remember his name. Alexios. Alexios, thank you. You didn't even play the game. You remember that? They're the same exact character, but one voice actor did a considerably better job and just brought the character to life. Where the other one just sounds so 
bad. Every scene that he's in, I just hate it. It's just the worst scene. Uh. I'm just going to spoil it because I just don't care. At the end, there's a moment where you can kind of like bring him back into the family or you can kill him. I just killed him because I didn't want him back in the family. (laughs) Because he's your younger brother. Yeah. So I was just like, you know what? You're gone. I don't want you. You're a shitbag. Go away. I hate your voice acting. (laughs) The game is basically Fast and Furious. Yeah, it sounds like it. It's It's all about about the family. It kind of is, honestly. It's it's not as good, but it is all about, like, just kind of reconnecting with your family. That's cool. So, yeah. and But he's... A shitty character. He sucks. But he he sucks. She is good. Yes. Okay. Um. Okay. So for my number three character, it is a spoiler for Ooh. Dragon Quest as part of this. So if you are gonna play Dragon Quest, you know, don't listen to this one. Mine number three is Hendrick, who is a knight. Who, as people who play the game, are like, how could you think he's a good character? He's trying to kill you the whole game gotcha at the halfway point he realizes that he was being tricked by the king and then he helps you out instead and he's one of your party members uh he has purple long hair which is dope and he's in the toriyama art style i like him very much uh he ends up leading the like resistance against the dark lord when he basically takes over and destroys most of the world. Uh, and he just is a good character overall. Like, he is loyal to a fault, but then he realizes that and actually has a character arc that kind of redeems him and he tries to do the best he can to help you as the luminary out because he was tricked for almost the first half of the game, basically. There is a point when he realizes that what he is doing is wrong and who the bad people are. Mm. Uh, and so that that's really cool, and I like that a lot. And he feels a lot of guilt for most of the game because of him helping the bad guys, basically, because he thought he was doing the right thing. So why are they so afraid of the... Should we discuss this later? Yes. Without being spoiled? Okay. Uh, why are they so afraid of him is because they are bad. The luminary, like him yeah, being he, a luminary. Yeah, he's good. The, they are bad. The people that are afraid of him. Okay. Uh, okay. Because I, I played some of the game and then yes. I had like a thing that happened and I just, it broke me. Yes. So. Uh, and the, so number two is Madeline, the main character of Celeste. Mm. Just her whole weird mental struggle and uh, she's a good character. She like calls her mom and stuff and mm. they just, her mom knows that she is depressed and tells her to try to do better. And just her arc of coming to terms with uh, the bad part of herself basically um and her resolve to climb the mountain and all that she's just Mm -hmm. a a well-developed character in a game that is very short and doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue but it is just enough to make her like a pretty endearing character Mm. um yeah that's cool yeah i like that and then number one my the best character is arthur morgan from red dead redemption 2 because his whole fucking arc is so good yeah the voice actor is so good he, like, I can't say a lot of what the arc is without just totally spoiling what Red Dead is, but Arthur is a very well-realized character, and they characterize him super, super well. And also, it is very much a redemption arc. Yes, 100%. Does so, that make sense? Yes. 
All right. And so then we will move into best story. And this is where I just, I would say if you're worried about spoilers of pretty much, there's a, like, like any like story heavy game, these next two categories are going to get spoiled. There's a good chance of it. So, so my number three for best story is Dragon Quest Eleven. Okay. I like I liked it a lot and it is super anime. It starts off very boilerplate where you are the chosen one and you are basically the one who is foretold to save the world. Um, but you then find out that hey, maybe people don't like you and they're trying to kill you and they think you're bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I will not spoil the plot of Dragon Quest here, really, just because there is so much to it that right. I literally can't. <laughs> but there are multiple plot twists that just completely change the whole thing. Like halfway through the main part of the game, so I guess the first third. Uh, the whole context for everything just completely gets turned on its head, which is actually pretty predictable. It's telegraphed very obviously through multiple points later in the or earlier in the plot, um, and so that gets turned on its head. But then when you beat it, they fucking just really flip it around again, which I will talk about that in best moment mm-hmm. uh, at the end because I I did not see that coming. I did not expect that to happen at all. Um, it goes on for so long, and there's so much going on, and they develop those characters super well over the course of that game, and I actually, like, cared about most of them, like, Eric, Veronica. I was gonna say, I really liked Eric. God, Eric's so sick. I fucking love Eric. I didn't like the main character. He just... The Luminary? He felt very bland. Well, that's because it's a classic JRPG, right. and he doesn't speak, so, I mean, it's easy to... He's just, like, a blank slate. He was yeah, you! Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like that. <laughs> I, I don't like that. I don't know. It's fine. It's a, the old trope, which I mean a yeah, lot yeah. of Dragon Quest is holding on to weird old tropes, but trying to spin them in semi-new ways that I think works out pretty well here. But I, I like almost all the characters in Dragon Quest, and the plot goes some interesting places. It might last a little too long and like drag in some places, mm-hmm. but I, I did enjoy it overall. My number two is uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, and it would have been number one. If there wasn't that whole fucking middle section where they are trying to belabor a single goddamn point over and over and over again for like 20 hours. And it's like, yeah, man, we get it. Do I have to do these 40 missions? Because I do not want to. Um, It is just it is a good redemption arc for Mm -hmm. Arthur. And then the epilogue very well sets up for the original Red Dead. And that's actually my favorite part of the game. Even because it's like very tight in it is and most people hate that part mm-hmm. so i really like that part and you eventually do get to go back out into the open world but i not one yeah. time did i do any open world stuff during that part i just went from story mission to story mission which is what i ended up doing because the part that i liked about red dead was the plot right and i liked pretty much nothing else about it yeah um yeah i don't know i don't really like cowboy stories so the part where the main arc is arthur's redemption as a human being basically mm-hmm. is why i ended up liking the story yeah. a lot um so yeah I don't yeah know. hearing about what happens in that game is what really kind of pushed me to wanting to get it but just the act of playing it just i just couldn't do it no yeah and i i kept trying to really push myself to get yeah. that far and so for this year my favorite story was god of war oh um 
just I don't know. Like it it came from a franchise that was not even really a story no. outside of like, yo, it's me, Kratos, and I'm really angry and right. I'm here to kill you all, and like that was it. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really have any arc. Like he had nothing. And they gave these character that character specifically like a reboot in a way that made him a relatable like character as a father. And and the other thing is with the kid, it makes it so like he he oftentimes is just lost and doesn't know what to do. It's it's kind of fascinating to see like this all powerful being that's used to just basically just fucking shit up, just being like, what do I do? Like he just seems lost for a lot of the game, and just like I don't know the way they weave Atreus into that story yeah. and make him an integral part of the plot and make it not awful yeah i mean is masterful i mean it, it, did you ever go back and just replay any of the game because if you go back and replay the beginning of the game there's this tenseness yeah for sure where it feels like they just had this massive huge fight because i mean atreus barely feels comfortable to even talk it mm-hmm. seems like he just basically just got screamed at and it, it there's it's just very tense and then and then of course you know you light your wife or his mother on fire and then the game kind of starts i mean just and that the whole story arc is just it is fascinating it is it's very simple mm-hmm. it, it's just kind of like you're burying your mother's ashes or your wife's ashes, but it's the character interactions and it's the, I can't think of his name, but the guy dangling from your waist half the game. Oh, yes. What's his name? Mimir. Mimir, yes. I mean, that's just a fantastic character. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I like everything about God of War really did it for yeah. me. Like the, yeah, I was, I thought that I would like the plot, but it did much more for me than I thought it would. And mm. then I read a book about Norse mythology yeah, because I, mean, I was so interested in Norse mythology in general. But it just, yeah, they do such an excellent job of making all those characters super interesting. Yeah, and I know people complain about Atreus. I don't have that issue. He does have that there story was a, arc. There was that part of the arc where I was like, oh boy, I hate this character for this little bit, but I see where he's coming from. I, I see where, one, I see where he's coming from, and two, it's to put you in a situation so you feel like Kratos, where it's like, what do you do in this situation? Yeah. You have to just kind of like put up with it. Sometimes, I mean, that's what kids are. Sometimes they're just annoying and you have to just kind of ignore it and it'll kind of level itself out. Because if you give them attention, then they'll keep doing it. So it being a parent is hard. It's something that we are not equipped to deal with. Yeah. But I mean, it is something that like, I think if you are a father, this is very relatable. And the one thing I do, I don't know how I feel about the complaints where people complain that there's not enough females in this game. Because uh, I think the way they treat the females in this game is like not super great. I will. I agree. <laughs> I mean, really, the only female is what Freya. Yeah. And then like the mother. Yep. Um, but I mean, the thing about it is with Norse mythology, there's not a ton of prominent females. Mm, there are a lot 
uh, of like very prominent i mean like their wives and stuff their wives and stuff and like i do get the feeling that i can't think of her name but like thor's wife is going to play a larger role in the next game because you killed a couple of their sons (laughs) no yeah i didn't like that stuff but i just like i yeah, Freya's whole arc is really weird. I mean, even in actual North, Norse mythology. Yes, and that's, like, complicated. The way they had to wrap that up where, like, I don't know what you do in that situation because, like... No, I know, and they're, like, are there... It's hard to see, like, it is easy to see that complaint of, like, them yes. treating Freya kind of shitty, but also, like, the way that arc goes, it's... I don't see like what is a res- what is an appropriate response for for Freya in that situation, her being to, happy to that... not like thank her son for choking her out. Yeah, like like <laughs> I like that's weird. I I it's just kind of one of those complicated situations where like obviously a mother would not be happy that her son was just killed, mm-hmm. obviously, but then also obviously she would not be ha- happy that her son just tried to kill her. No, I know. And it, that, it, I, it's, it, it, but that is also her entire, like, mythology thing. Exactly. Is that she was terrified that he was going to die. Yes. So it's, I, it's strange. It's, it's hard because you want to stay faithful to the original source. Yeah. But if you stay original to the original source, you just kind of... You're, you're not doing justice to the character that you have made. Yeah. Because you did create a a great character and a very you know almost like a motherly figure to atreus which is something that he desperately needed throughout this game and i mean he was always like so excited to see freya whenever he'd go back to her so it, it i don't like the way they handled freya but I don't know a better way to handle Freya. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily either. So that's kind of like where I, I I kind of can excuse them. So like that that part is weird, but the part that I didn't get was people complaining about the mom because they're like, oh, well, it's, it's like that whole old comic trope about the the fridge woman who got right. like chopped up but like i also don't agree with that assessment of it at all because it is like they're paying honor to her like to tribute her because they both like loved and respected her so much what i don't know what exactly what you're talking about the whole fridge and like because it is like that is her whole character is that she just exists to push the plot forward like she actually isn't a player in the plot at all. i guess but that is i mean like it's very obvious Corey Barlog is a father and he wanted to make a game of and so like they, a father son game part of it also is to keep the plot under wraps because yes. as soon as they say what she was yes then you would if you know anything about Norse mythology mm-hmm. you would know who Atreus is yes for real and so they can't say that up front otherwise it doesn't work exactly so like it once again like but i also think that they are like i don't know like they don't treat that character poorly they are deeply respecting of her in a way that is good and i think it's interesting because you see two different ways of people mourning yeah i agree with that so like i i don't i i think that the mother ends up being probably one of the most important if not the most important character in that game and they do it in a way where she she doesn't even really exist yeah almost in a way like firewatch where like 
his wife is arguably one of the most important, important characters, characters in the whole thing, but you never see or interact with her. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, similar situation there. So, yeah. like, I guess you could say the same thing about Firewatch, where, like, his entire story arc is his wife, is the death of his wife driving him. But, like, yeah. I don't really see that as, like, a negative. It is, you know, it is a fantastic, it is a shockingly fantastic story arc. And I think one of the most interesting things about this game is you really started to hear people talk about you hear people complain about sequels all the time, but with this, you heard people talking about where are they going to go next? Are they going to go to Japan? Are they going to go to Egypt? What are we going to see after this trilogy? Yeah. So, like, it, it, it does kind of make you wonder, do you think they will keep this going, or do you think they're going to say, like, we've been doing God of War for two, three generations now? I mean, they have to keep it going. They already teased the next thing. I'm saying, like, after oh, this after trilogy. Oh, after this? I don't, yeah, after this I trilogy. Assume. That's what I'm saying. I assume they will, because it made them a lot of money. It all depends on how the... Although, I I assume the, the trilogy will sell well. Yes. Yes, it will. As long as it's like this. The one thing I kind of want to talk to you about is... I remember there's a part... When, when, he, when Atreus is sick... And then she's telling Kratos to go, that he has to go back to the Helheim. And she's like, don't cross the bridge. If you cross the bridge, you there's no coming back. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the game, I, we're talking spoilers right yeah. now. They show that uh, Atreus kills Kratos. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to end up crossing that bridge and coming back? Like, Atreus kills Kratos... And Kratos uh-huh. is going to come back. Wait, I don't remember that at all. What? Him killing him? They're both in the house at the end of the game. No, on the wall. It. Oh, in the wall. You're right. There's yeah. that foreshadowing that Atreus is going to eventually kill Kratos. I would like that if he did, because I think that they need to transition to it being a story about Atreus. Do you think... He, and, then, and then maybe Atreus goes and gets his father? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that'd be kind of interesting. That would be kind of interesting, like a role reversal type thing. Because I feel like that was foreshadowing, where she's yeah. like, "Do not cross this bridge," mm-hmm. and it's kind of forgettable because there's something underlying kind of going yeah. on that you kind of forget about. But like, I, I've just kind of that's kind of been something I've been just kind of thinking about when I think about this game. So. Yeah. But yeah, I think the God of War story, I think, both affected us both. Yes. And it it definitely was a major driving factor for finishing this game. I mean, yeah. like, when the gameplay is a lot of fun and then also the story's great, it's it's definitely one of the best games you're going to play. Mm-hmm. So that was your number one. It right? was, yeah. Okay. Uh, my top three. Uh, number three is Yakuza 6. Okay. I just love the bombastic... <laughs> Just I I love Yakuza the stories even though they're bombastic and they're stupid I'm not really into anime mm-hmm. but I think I might like anime because <laughs> <laughs> I like Yakuza yeah but like I find Yakuza like it's anime but it's it's grounded in reality in yeah for sure because it take, yeah it's yeah, mostly yeah. based on real life stuff. yes yes mm-hmm. but it's just Yakuza six it's just a fantastic story of just like they they really do a good job of kind of juggling a lot of mysteries at once and they usually 
every game kind of ends satisfying at least so and this is just another one where they juggle like who the father is although we both kind of figured out who the father was right away they juggled the what the mystery was of Camarocho, i think it was or Mm -hmm. whatever it was which we did not discuss that on the podcast. We discussed that after. Yeah, but like you can't even say that out loud without like <laughs> literally all of the context. Yeah, so I. Well. So nope, that's. It's a funny moment. It is. It's yeah. a really funny moment. Yeah, Yakuza Six is. I I liked it, and it's yeah. an ending to Kiryu's yes. whole plot. I think it was pretty pretty good. I think, and they did they write they 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 did write by the character at least. Yeah, they, for sure. It feels like something Kiryu would do. Yeah. So, I I am a little disappointed that Majima was did not play a larger role. Yeah. He was in jail. I know. That was a bummer. Yeah. So, but I assume he's gonna be in the next one. So. Yeah, hopefully. Um, my number two is God of War. Okay, we just discussed we, I that. Uh, and then my number one was Spider Man. Really? I don't know. Like, I I really kind of sat down and thought about the, like the my top two, and I think Spider Man affected me more. It, it gave me more of an emotional reaction, hmm. especially that ending. That ending, yeah. It good. is an emotional gut punch that mm-hmm. I will talk about. A little yeah. later, uh, but as I said, like just the it, it is a very generic superhero story. But I, I sometimes it's nice and enjoyable, and then I'll also I just I don't know. As I said, it just emotionally it it was an emotional gut punch, and it actually affected me a little bit. So, it, kind of the ending. The more I think about it, it's kind of like the exact opposite of The Last of Us. Yeah, sort of. Which, so yeah, I mean, just kind of like where you're just like, do I kill one person to save millions or hundreds? Where The Last of Us, Joel decides that he just... Selfish person. Which, when I hear he's a bad person, it's hard. He's a very complicated character. No, I don't think he's a bad person. I just think he's very selfish in that moment. Which I I think people would react that way. Exactly. I mean, like, it is... It, it is a very believable moment, especially someone like him that, yeah. you know, like, went through the trauma he did earlier on in his life. So, it's understandable. Yeah. So, nope, Spider-Man was my story of the year. Okay. And then we will move on to our final category here, which is best moment or sequence, which will be exclusively spoilers. Yes. That's it. Which, my number three, Yakuza 6, the boat reveal. <laughs> 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 all right if i if we had funniest <laughs> moment of sequence that would have been on mine because like the whole game yeah. the whole game they talk about like oh we've got to keep the secret yeah. we got to keep the secret over this thing and it's just a fucking boat that they were keeping under the goddamn harbor because they were supposed to disarm after the after the At war, world, world and, and war they, they didn't. Which the funniest thing is, the company that was keeping this major secret, they were a boat company. That's what they did. They built boats, so they kept a boat secret. Oh. <laughs> it's people died. People died to keep this secret from getting out. And then, like, somebody yeah. gave their life up to make sure that this secret would not get out. He didn't know what the secret was. 
He sacrificed himself. <laughs> and just like, uh. it was like the whole... The whole thing is absurd. Yes. Like, oh my god. That whole fucking scene where they're like, oh no, the harbor's opening and the fucking huge battleship comes up. And I was like, what the actual fuck, my man? Like, you guys are something else. And you need to get your shit together. Yeah, the boat. I just burst out laughing. It was hilarious. Yes. Like I that was not the intended effect, I assume. No, no. It was pretty funny. But like when I'm talking best moments, like I'm thinking no, like I know most memorable moments. That was certainly a memorable oh, moment yes. because I remember being like, nah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. That was the best part of that game. I will say Dude, that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yep. I'll never forget. <laughs> no. I, I, in five years, we will bring up Yakuza 6, that boat reveal. Oh, because boat, it, the boat reveal. It just, the entire game is building towards this. And it's just, the the boat, the company that makes boats made a boat. That was yeah. the big mystery. Hey, dude. <sighs> it's big secret, alright? <laughs> oh. Alright, what's number two? God of War, um, the Blades of Chaos. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, uh, oh my god, is it my number two? Oh, it is! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just that entire sequence of, like, Atreus collapsing in... I don't remember where he was, but yeah, he, like, collapses, and then, like, either. you're just, like, quickly just running right to Freya, which you just got into a fight with Freya, so then, like, you're pounding on the door saying, like, Freya, Freya, come on, open the door, and she's like, oh, I'm still a god, go away. And then, then he, then you know, Kratos is like, "It's the boy. You gotta help me. I don't know what to do." So then she like frantically runs in, you know, opens the door. Then she starts looking at him, and then she tells him that he knows needs to go to Helheim, but his frost axe is not going to work. Yeah. And at that moment, I was like, "Wait, are they going to do what?" <laughs> because the entire game, I kept thinking, because like the way they had the. the 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 button set up like it was like right to put away the the yeah. axe and bring it out but then and like all the other ones but then the left one did absolutely nothing and I was like what is this for <laughs> and then like it hit me at that point and then then it alludes that you need to go back to your cabin mm-hmm. and you know dig up a you know the past yeah and, and, but then it's like you're on that boat ride yeah. and he has the like flashes of the greek uh, mythology uh, stuff What's athena? Her face? athena and i would like that was when i was like oh shit we're in there like this yes. is happening and him like taking off the bandages mm-hmm. and then put, oh and it's so satisfying and then yes and then the moment that he kind of breaks free from all the greek stuff is like she calls him a monster yeah and then he's like i i maybe he kind of just accepts the fact that yes like i am a monster mm-hmm. but i am no longer your monster and yeah. then he kind of like walks through her which because like that i I've kind of watched videos of, like, the original trilogy. And I guess Athena was, like, one of the few Greek gods that was actually good to him. Yeah. And he accidentally killed her somehow. I can't remember. Yeah, it's a I, it's I, a dumb plot. Yeah. But I, they at least honor that stuff in a great way. Mm-hmm. And and then just, like, having those Blades of Chaos. And, the, <laughs> and then they, like, set up that arena that you could just use them. Yeah. You're just like, okay, I'm ready to fuck shit up so now. So awesome. Yeah. 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 
But yeah, the way they set that entire moment up, it's just, it's perfect. And there were a lot of great moments in that There game. were, yeah, but that was the one that mm. I remembered and was mm. like, holy shit. Yeah. This is so awesome. Yes. Yeah. I For me, it was down to that. It was down to the moment um, that we talked about earlier with the stranger at the very beginning mm-hmm. of the game, that boss battle. And then, like, at the end, the reveal that Atreus is Loki. Yeah. That was just like, holy shit. I Now I'm kind of curious, because the entire game I was like, who is Loki? Where is Loki in all of yeah. this? They haven't really been mentioning Loki. And so now it's kind of, really kind of, I have no idea where they're going to go with this story. I bet they just fight Thor. I don't know. Like, that's... I don't know, because, like, Loki is, like, what, the god of mischief? Yeah. So I'm just kind of curious to see where Atreus... His story arc is going to go. Yeah. So that, that's Which where is, I mean. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. That, when I say, like, I'm kind of curious to see where they go with that, that's what I mean. I gotcha. And then uh, my number one, it's not a best moment. It's more saddest moment. It's uh, the Aunt May dying at the end. Yeah. Oh, my God. She just, it, she was so supportive and, like, such a, a likable character through that entire game. And then Doc Op, like, released, like, a poison yeah, to the city, killing and, people very right. quickly, um, and then she she got contracted down with it. So she's like in her deathbed, and at the end, Peter Parker gets the antidote, and he, it's not Peter Parker; it's Spider Man yeah. at that point. And he's just kind of like pacing in front of her bed, saying, "I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do." Yeah, because he could basically either just use it to cure her, or use the synthesized uh, cure for everyone. Exactly. But if he synthesizes everyone, she will die. Yeah. And then, and then when she says, "I want to see my my nephew." my nephew's face basically alluding to the fact that she knew he was spider-man yeah all along i i that's the moment that i just i broke <laughs> down and i had tears i have tears a little bit right now oh my god <laughs> that was such an emotional moment it was very good <laughs> and then and then i just remember it cut to black and i was like oh please don't flatline please don't flatline <laughs> and then it just flatlined yeah. and then it said like what six months later or something like that mm-hmm. Oh, that that moment! It it's just so shocking that because you know there's going to be more of these games. Yeah, definitely. That they just killed such a major character in the first game like that. I mean, it's I I I'm shocked by it. Yeah, it it was. I did not expect that no. to happen. It was very sad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But the the line of "I want to see my nephew's face," that just gets me every time. God damn oh, it! Yeah, it's very good. Yes. Yeah. All right, so my number three, I waffled back and forth on this, and I think I picked what it actually is. I originally was going to say the entire epilogue of Red Dead, Mm. but I changed my mind because there is a scene at the beginning of the original, or at the end of the original Red Dead where, uh, spoilers for both Red Deads, when John is outside of the front of his house, and he, all the cops are coming to take him. Mm-hmm. And you can use basically unlimited Deadeye to try to take down as many as you can. But no matter what, he, he will die. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a scene that is like that, but it is the reverse of it. Mm-hmm. So, spoilers for Red Dead 2. If you are going to play it, don't listen to this part. But, oh man. Micah is the shittiest 
mm. fucking character. I cannot stand him. And the whole time, the whole game, they are like, who? We have someone who is a traitor. Mm. Someone is leaking our location and all this information about us to the cops. Who is it? And the whole game, I'm like, motherfucker, it is this guy. Everybody knows he's such a shithead and he's never been here for that long and he hates Arthur and he hates John, the two people who are the most loyal to Dutch for most of the game. Like, it has to be this guy. And so there is a point later where Dutch starts to turn on John and Arthur and like Micah is his right hand guy. And I was mm. like, oh, motherfucker, I know this is the, I know this is it. And so there is a whole setup to try to get Arthur and they find out, he finds out that it was Micah that leaked the information to the cops. Mm -hmm. And he goes back to camp and basically like no one believes him other than Marston. And it is like the shittiest thing in the world. And I was like, if we don't get revenge on this dude... I will, this will be the worst game ever made. And so you go through the whole rest of the game and nothing happens. And you're in the epilogue and nothing happens for so long until Sadie Adler comes and tells John, hey, I know where Micah is. And I was like, this is it, motherfuckers. We are doing it. And Marson's wife is so upset. And she's like, you can't do this. We said that we would not be in this life anymore. You can't do it. And he's like, dude. After what Arthur did for our family, like, mm -hmm. we, I have to do it. And so you fucking climb up this snowy-ass mountain with Sadie and a couple of the other people that are still alive, and it is, like, awesome. And mm -hmm. you know you're, like, mowing all these people down. They basically all get shot in various different ways. And uh, you get to the top, and Micah is there. And it's, like, John is basically just like, hey, your time has fucking come, man. And... Basically, it ends up being that Micah takes someone hostage, and there's this whole scene where, like, you think you're not going to be able to kill him or whatever. And so then they're in, like, some three way standoff, and there's a building, like, on right on the edge of the cliff, they're at, like the very top of this mountain. And Dutch comes out, and mm. no one said that they had seen him in a long time. And you think that Dutch still is, like, loyal to Micah, but then he points his gun at Micah and, like, shoots him so that the hostage can go away because he finally understood that Micah was the one mm. that was doing all of that to them and he's the main reason why it happened and so then as soon as Dutch shoots him it goes into Deadeye and you unload on him like you can make as many Deadeye marks as you want and you obliterate this <laughs> motherfucker and I was like this is what I was waiting for this entire game this stupid guy deserved this more than oh my god after everything that happened with Arthur and everything that he did to these people, he sucks so much. Like, they did such an excellent job of making the most unlikable character humanly possible, and you get to blow mm. him away. And I was like, yes! Oh, that, it is always so satisfying when you can kill. Uh, just like, oh. and then, like, so I did the one dead eye, and I was like, nah, -uh, it's still going, and you just all over and <laughs> with dual pit. Oh, so fucking good i love that moment like that is one of the reasons why i think that this game works is because mm. like the meaning of redemption is on multiple fronts like right. arthur gets his redemption 
by helping John get his redemption. Well, and he just helps people in general. Along the way. Yeah, I mean, he is like also a super shitty person, but that's like he is learning that that he. Well, yeah. That's what I mean. Like by the Definitely, end, he yeah. is. It's a redemption of him, like helping. And people. then, like obviously, that transitions into the original Red Dead, where John's yeah. whole thing is he is trying to get out of that, so they want him to hunt Dunch or whatever. But yeah, that that whole moment, top notch. Uh, my second one we already talked about, which was the Blades of Chaos. Yes. And my number one moment is what I would say is the third plot twist in Dragon Quest XI. Okay. So this spoils the entire game. Basically, in the halfway point of the main story, the bad guy whose name I can't remember because it's like, well, Mortigan, he was the possessing the king all along, and he basically destroys the whole world. And you as the luminary get sent to uh like you survive but barely mm-hmm. and you live i don't know like in you're, you're like a fish it's so weird mm. but that that's not important so right. you you come back you meet all your party members you get them all back except for one person because she died they kill veronica the short girl um, because oh, really? she sacrifices herself to send all of the, everyone away mm-hmm. at the point where Mortigan is destroying the world, basically. And so you go and you beat Mortigan and you do all the stuff. It's the second half of the game. And then there is, it's over. And it's like, wow, it's actually kind of sad. Like they're all together and they had all these experiences, but Veronica was dead. Mm-hmm. And so I, you go into the epilogue and basically they're there and they're like, well, we did it. We saved the world, but, like, so many people died, and, like, Veronica died and all this stuff. And so someone tells them, hey, I they heard this legend about this tower where they can go and rewind time. And so I was like, nah, nah, they're not mm. going to do this. And so their whole goal, they get there, and they think that they are going to be able to just go back in time and change it, and then they'll be able to come back and everything will be fine. But what ends up happening is you as the luminary are the only one who can go back and you basically have to give up everything. And it's not guaranteed that things will happen differently. The only thing that will happen is you have the knowledge of what's going to happen to Mortigan. And so what ends up happening is the scene where everyone dies and he destroys the world plays out slightly differently because you know certain things. Mm -hmm. And so then it's just like, it's over. And, like, they, he escapes and ends up going back to the castle. And so you beat Mortigan. And Veronica is alive and everything. But then because you let him live and beat him there, a different bad villain is able to do something even worse. Okay. And then you have to go through a completely different time and basically beat the true villain. And it is just like this weird plot twist where it's like, yeah, you went back and you saved all these people, but it was not the right thing to do. And not as many people die because you end up beating the final boss in like a special spectacular anime fashion, basically. Uh, But it is just, you have to go through the whole thing again. You give up everything you had done. No one knows that you're a good person. No Mm -hmm. one knows anything you did. And I thought that that was just absolutely crazy. Hmm. That you have to go through basically the whole game again. Is it fun going through the whole? I game had again? fun. People do not think it is because so like a it, lot of people, a lot of people hate that. I was gonna say like because like conceptually it sounds amazing. Yes. Until you In have to practice. like 
to go through 20, 30 hours of basically the same thing again, right? <laughs> that part is a little different, but it's you're repeating events from the second half of the game. Right, but I mean, but even that's still like 20 hours, right? It is, and it's weird because you as the character have that knowledge, but the people who it's happening to don't. Yeah. And it's just really weird. And then you're like a mute character anyways it's very strange but i i loved that they were like yeah man you like the last plot twist boom here's another one again i was totally not expecting that but it was probably like one of my favorite moments i was gonna say it sounds interesting and it definitely makes sense why it was like so high on your uh story list as well because like that's so weird and they bring back veronica and i was like I did not expect them to do that. Yeah. Uh, and so that was pretty cool. And so that'll do it for us here. Yes. And, um, that pretty much is going to... I don't want to say that wraps up uh, 2018 because yeah, we've got the... Monday we will be rocking the top ten list. <laughs> yes, which I talked to Justin. He may show up. I don't know. Okay. Uh, which we can discuss later you yeah. know, when we're going to do it and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, so we'll, we're just... Uh, that's just going to be, I, we'll probably number it, that'll be episode 44, Yeah. but realistically that is just going to be a very special episode. Yeah, we're just going to talk about our top 10 lists yes. of the year. We're not going to do like the news or anything. You'll get that in two weeks, which by that point it'll be 2019, which I guess we'll also have to discuss how we want to do that, but I figured in some way we'll do like a 2019 preview. Yeah. Um. So I... We probably won't preview every game. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll discuss it and figure out how yeah, we yeah. want to do that. But um, yeah, yeah. With that, that that is a podcast theme song sting operation by the band Anamanaguchi. Check them out. We will catch you guys soon with yes. our top tens. Yes. All right. Peace out, guys.